What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 242. Your weekly show covering all the biggest topics in gaming with industry, technical, and legal insight. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined, as always, by these lovely gentlemen you see before you. Mr. Rodriguez coming in with the, what do you got, Mario with bacon shirt there? What are we doing? The Ron Swanson. Oh, oh, all the bacon and eggs, the Ron Swanson. That's beautiful, sir. Beautiful. beautiful. How are you doing this morning? I'm here, so that's good. You know, I'm uh, still talking about games that I haven't played uh, (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) So that should be exciting. Okay. Yeah. You're, we're preparing for your dissertion on uh, Resident Evil 4. So I hope yeah, you're prepared yeah. to give that speech here shortly. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and as always, the dapper looking yet very tired, Mr. Tie Guy Travis. How you doing, brother? Tire Guy Travis this week, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing well, man. GDC and Diablo 4 and all the stuff I covered this week. Uh, almost killed me man but i'm uh, you know ign first is ending this week and uh diablo 4 uh, piece uh, the second piece i'm doing comes up uh comes out this week so hopefully it'll slow down but yeah man this week was nuts crazy <laughs> so okay yeah, good. Well, we're gonna talk about some of it of course so uh we are joined by some fine people in chat as always good morning good afternoon everyone hope you're doing well a uh, couple kind of house cleaning items before we start. So uh, we did get some feedback last week. Obviously, I had mic issues because my new desk setup wasn't done. Hopefully, I'm, I'm back proper here. Hopefully, everything is adjusted better. And uh, we kind of tuned up everyone's volume to hopefully be better in sync than last week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Hogue uh, doing well. He uh, let us know that he had a uh, family thing going on this morning. If you missed it, he did put up a new video yesterday. So if you're looking for that sweet, sweet Hogue content, uh, you can check that out. And we're going to be talking about some of the things uh, related to the CMA and uh, Xbox's or Microsoft's uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard here shortly. And uh, obviously, uh, good information coming from Hogue there. So, um, But he's doing well. Says hello to everyone and, uh, you know, spending some time with the family this morning. So we don't think he's going to stop by, but you never know. You never know. Um, also want to shout out um, uh, to our audio listeners. I hope last week's episode in kind of the new format while, uh, you know, taking a break here and there to do Super Chats rather than intermittently um is a a better format and uh, anyone who took a couple minutes to provide us a uh, podcast review uh whether on apple or spotify greatly greatly appreciated as well so thank you very much all right with all that out of the way uh guys it's been a very good week for i think gaming and gaming news uh in fact i think we're kind of spoiled at this point so we had pax east going on simultaneously we had gdc going on which we're going to talk about both of those Uh, a lot of new trailers and content from coming out of pax east a lot of good information from gdc and travis was fortunate enough to go over to gdc because it is uh local to you in san francisco my good sir so uh we'll talk about that we're going to talk about what we're currently playing obviously resident evil 4 has come out and uh early game of the year contender in terms of uh, at least critically looking fantastic uh diablo 4 open beta sadly uh about to go away until june and i'm gonna cry tomorrow just a little bit but uh we'll talk through all of that so guys what game do you want to start with in terms of currently playing oh one other thing i forgot to mention which we'll get to is no joke travis only you could somehow manage this 
that yesterday, as I'm scrolling through Twitter, I start to see posts about Romancevania. And I'm like, okay, someone is listening like to our podcast and, and fixing my feed or whatever. So we're going to talk about that too, because I saw pictures oh, about yeah. Romancevania from PAX East because they have a booth there. Uh, Hell yeah. Funny so, Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been playing boys um Hit me. Diablo can throw us talk about anything yeah <laughs> i can talk about pretty much everything actually what? um yeah okay. so all the gdc stuff i played um i think oh there's one that's still not out but all the other stuff i i wrote about is out already so yeah it was very quick i was basically going and seeing previews and then writing it the same day and then the next day doing like vo and and putting the video out the next day so Jeez, rapid fire it's cool though we can talk about so how, diablo 4 we've all been playing that you know talk about yeah that? yeah i think you and i both uh, like we said last week we're both kind of formally covering it um and we both uh, i know put a lot of time into it we were just talking prior to going live so i have uh this week is the same content as last week from Blizzard, but you can play all the classes now this week, which is nice. So they added the Druid and the Necromancer. Um, I actually rolled a Druid, and I have a few friends who rolled Necromancers, and uh, I love the Druid. They love the Necromancer. So it seems like, I don't know about you or what you're playing, but from kind of the people I'm playing with, really, there's people that love each class. And it seems like at least, I mean, there's definitely, as there always is, right? Some of the classes are going to do more damage and more output, et cetera. Uh, same way in D3, D2, et cetera. But I think they're, what I've seen so far, and it's early, right? We don't know what endgame looks like, but it looks like all the classes are at least viable and fun to play. And that's really all you're kind of looking at, looking at, at this point in time. At this point in time, uh, the... So I, I've played all five classes. I think all of them are at level max level at this point. Uh, so as of last night, um, and uh, I will say, druid and barbarian can feel good eventually, but they're nowhere close to some of the other classes. Which they is take more work. They take more yeah. work, and like they take longer. Like my just my playthrough with my druid takes forever because you have to run toward everybody and you slap them as a bear. And then, you know, eventually you, you get your abilities. And if you're a necromancer, you literally just wait for your skeletons to distract every enemy on the battlefield. And then you throw a bone spear and it kills like 19 people. And then you just start exploding corpses. And so like my necromancer playthrough, I think I got through that in like six hours to level max level. You're just going dur, 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 throwing bone spears. So um, they definitely have some balancing stuff, but uh, my my opinion is that they should all feel closer to the necromancer and the rogue, which are by far the most powerful classes that I, in my opinion, at least those are the ones that I was able to get to the highest because um, I don't think the playing as the druid feels great when you're leveling up, whereas some of the other classes feel really good when you're leveling them up. Uh, but the good news is they all do feel pretty good when they're at max level, which I think is obviously important because we're going to spend most of our time at max level, but I, oh, max granted, level in the beta, granted, anyway. granted level 25 is not the max level, but yeah, if it, yeah. if the, if the intro, the first act takes like four times as long on the Druid as the Necromancer, I think that's <laughs> probably not good. Um, so but yeah, I, my favorite class is the rogue by far. Um, it, it, yeah, she feels amazing. Uh, but yeah, I've had fun with it, man played through i know i i'm sick of act one i'm sick of snow <laughs> really really sick of it uh i don't 
that story mission, man, the first time I played it, I thought it was good and now I hate it. So um, I'm ready to not play act one. I I'm hoping that the two months in between now and when I probably play the, the release version, the retail version. Um, yeah. I don't know how early they're going to give it to people. I, it's Diablo. So I've got to imagine at least two weeks, but um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, it's live servers. So they might also do that thing where they give you early access, but then they delete your character after the two weeks because <laughs> you know they they did that in yeah. some live service games where like you're sorry man your characters are on this test server this this uh reviewer review server, server. We're gonna, yeah, we're, yeah. Gonna, we're gonna delete the server after uh after the the game comes out fully i hope they don't do that um but yeah uh i'm hoping that the time i have between now and then will make me not hate act one because I'm really sick of Act One right now. Five times. <laughs> it was actually six times because I had a bug last week where my barbarian got deleted, so I had to re-roll my barbarian this weekend. Yeah, um, so yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's Whew. like Diablo Three. I've I've played the beginning of Diablo Three so many times. I mean, I know almost every word that's spoken, and it's kind of how do it the goes. But stuff where you have to start. I have a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't um, do that in Diablo Four. That I I can't play a seasonal model where you have to start a new character every season. That just seems like a nightmare to me. Mm, I think do they are. Diablo, they are doing that in Diablo Four. I think so. Yeah, they've yeah, they've talked a lot about um, they've talked a lot. There's a lot more that they've talked about beyond uh, the beta on their site because they they were doing a quarterly blog where they would take like one key aspect of the game and give you a lot of detail about it. So they've already shown like a ton of what's going to happen in Endgame. They've showed Endgame loot. They've shown all these things. So if you're really interested in um, in some of that, uh, you can find it on the Blizzard blog. I linked to some of it in my article um, because it's it's really interesting. But yeah, I, I've enjoyed the living hell out of it. Uh, I'm going to miss it after this week. I already reinstalled Diablo 2 Resurrected uh, a couple days ago and started a new character there to kind of tide me over. Um, but it just feels so good to play. And it's uh, it's kind of like we talked about last week. It's pretty much everything I was looking for from Diablo 4 for the most part. We've got to see how the late game is. But um, yeah, I'm pumped, man. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Dan, did you give it a try finally or no? You waiting? Yeah, I got I, I played like two hours and I realized that I <clears throat> love Diablo. But the fact that I'm not going to be able to play it in a couple days is going to. <laughs> I, I didn't want to get too far. You know, I kind of got to the point. I was like, "Yeah, this is good." I, I, I played as Necromancer since what, two when they released it as a DLC. I think, um, if I remember correctly, it's been forever. Uh, uh, Necromancer and, was a DLC for three. Yeah, or for three. God, oh, it might have been DLC for two as well. It's been a long I, time. I, I swear. Yeah, it was. Two. I, I think it was for both. It's yeah. yeah, and it, it, it was it was great. Um, it, it's it's. I mean, it looks like. To me, it, it's it's Diablo three. A lot of uh, quality of life improvements. I, I had some problems getting into a few games uh, here and there, but uh, or getting into the with, with the servers just queued up for a while. Um, short of that, I loved it, and I'm going to buy it, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to probably take a lot of my time once <laughs> it does finally come out. So, but yeah, I can it was ask great. a question about about Diablo and your relationship with it. Mine, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And then it'll also pivot us into the next topic if I'm if I'm lucky here. <laughs> if you're lucky. So I know I know you don't play horror games. No. And your definition of horror games seems extremely loose. 
like the the category of games you're not allowed to play because of your aversion to horror games is broader than I would describe the horror genre. How does Diablo not count as a horror game? I don't like jump scares. So that's basically it. Um, and like, like I can deal with creepiness and stuff like that. Like I got quite a ways into like evil within two before I had to be, I was like, no, I'm checking out, you know, this is no good. You know, I, it was good to a point, And I think a game is still good. I just, I just can't deal with jump scares. I, I, I don't like that anxiety of not knowing what's coming, you know, behind the, you know, in first person games more so, I guess, than like a third person game because you, you're, you're kind of right there. And, uh, but yeah, no, that's, so commander cards. Commander Carnage says no horror games, but you love Bioshock. How's that work, Dan? Yeah, well, that's that was yeah, that, that, was that, also, that went, Yeah, but also that was you know, that has one of the worst in the in the very oh that no it was that that was uh infinite you know you know was that Bioshock Infinite where that where you where you're like watching something and you turn around and one of those horn guys is right there and it's like <laughs> gah, 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 and I'm like wow it, it scares me every time uh, but that was also back in the day where I wasn't such a giant puss so. <laughs> Now, you know, I'm more worried, you know, I'm more health conscious. So, you know, I don't want to have a heart attack. <laughs> that's that's basically it. Like, I don't think it's going to take much to push me over that edge and I don't want to risk it. So, you know, it's it, funny you said that, Dan, because uh, it, it only made me realize right now as we're talking that Bioshock is now 16 years old, which is right. mind boggling to me. Long yeah. Time ago. That was even yeah. before I moved here to Kansas City. I was playing at my old house. Yeah, that's back craziness. East. That is crazy. Man. I was yeah, in that's, high school. That's, that's basically my thing. Shut up, Travis. No one's asking. I was in you. high school. It's great. You know, I had just I just gotten done reading Ayn Rand too. Like I read like The Fountainhead, and yeah, I was getting I was getting really into Ayn Rand. You just you got know, done reading uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Is that what you said? As, as as all high schoolers do, I got I read The Fountainhead when I was in 2007 or whenever yeah, it was. Worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I think as you. Sorry, I was going to say, I think so. A couple of people have asked me questions like in the written chat here. And for whatever reason, when we started the podcast, my keyboard has stopped working. So uh, I apologize. I can't type any responses and I'm not getting up to nice. unplug it and plug it back in right now. So mm. just letting you know, I'm not ignoring you. I just literally can't type. Um, anyway, moving on. Yeah. All right. So Resident Evil 4, guys. So, Dan, you're obviously not playing it. Although to Travis's yeah. point that we were saying before we started, RE4, at least for me so far, and Travis, you can speak more to it, because um, this, as I said before, is one of my big gaming gaps. Uh, I never finished RE4 when it released. I played it on GameCube when it launched, uh, didn't get super far, and never touched it again. So this game is extremely new to me. But you can already tell that this is a much more action-focused uh, Resident Evil, and a lot of ammo, a lot of enemies. And uh, I don't know, it might be, you know, if you can play it on PS Plus a year from now or some easy, cheap way to try it, Dan, you may want to at least give it a shot well, to see how far you get. How does it compare to 2 in that respect? Because I couldn't really handle 2. It's way less of a seemed, horror game than 2. It seems it's, much less of a horror game than 2. You, have, you, have you ever played Resident Evil 5 where you're no. basically G.I. Oh, is that Joe? the one where you're in like, in like a weird camp somewhere? That's the co-op uh, one. Like 5 was the where there was co-op, 2. Co-op one in Africa. Africa, yeah, yeah. I played that yeah. one, I think. Yeah, so it basically five it led into that. A lot of people don't like five. I think those people uh, hate five. Five is fine. I like five. Um, but four is a supremely better game. Uh, and it 
but it it is sort of the transitionary game from Resident Evil being a strictly puzzle solving horror game to being more of an action game where it was about you know shooting mechanics and killing bosses and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know if there are any jump scares in that game. If there if they are, they're so minor. Um, it's really it's an action game posing as a horror game. That's my opinion on it and then resident evil 5 went okay we're not even going to pose as a horror game anymore we're just going full action and people didn't like that um but i do i like that game (laughs) six is my favorite resident evil stop it g G man i know you're lying don't (laughs) shut up just shut up i can't i can't listen to you Um, um i are you playing the new one yet i am yeah, uh, so unlike you, I played the piss out of Resident Evil 4. Um, I, I I, probably have... I beat that game on the GameCube, and then I beat it when it came to, I think, OG Xbox, and it had, it had like, exclusive content on PS3 and original Xbox. PS3? PS2, I think. PS2. PS2 and original Xbox. And I think I, I managed to play it on both of those consoles somehow, because I remember using the the new weapons and then it's got new game plus where you get to keep your, all your old weapons and it adds new weapons into the sandbox. And so I played that multiple times and then it came out on the Wii where you could have a fake gun that you point at the screen to shoot. So obviously <laughs> I had to replay it then. Mm-hmm. And then it came to Xbox 360, I think on games with gold or what, what was that program they had where they took old games and they put them on the 360. It was like, there was a specific branding for it. So obviously I bought it again on the 360 and played it yet again. I've played that game to death. And so for me, the Resident Evil remake is awesome because it's a better version of that game. And it's, it is, it is very different. Like it's, it's different enough to where it, it still obviously is, is essentially the same game, but it, it feels way different than any of the other remasters and upgrades and re-releases they've done in the past. So obviously I had to have it. Um, to me though, it'll never be game of the year. It was already game of the year actually that year. So, uh, to me, not really a contender, but it is a fantastic game. One of the best horror action adventure games ever. Um, and I, I really, I'm looking forward to very slowly, very slowly getting my way through that game <laughs> again or maybe it won't be slow. Maybe I'll pick it up and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I can beat this in three hours. Cause I, I, I feel like I, low-key became a speedrunner on that game i've played it so many times um but yeah i hear this one's got some interesting new stuff and i read a steam review the guy complaining that you can't look up ashley's skirt anymore so um yeah apparently it's a whole different ball game out there kids <laughs> you were wondering it's literally all it's been on this thing like somebody tweeted out like somebody oh, read a post that was upset about yeah that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, basically, um, you could try to look up Ashley's skirt in the main game, but if you did, she would go, "Hey, pervert!" You know, she'd like call you out on it. And mm-hmm. I think in this game, they just took out the ability to do it altogether. And some people are bizarrely very upset about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that Reddit post was eye-opening. <laughs> I don't think any of them are watching this show, but uh, yeah, there's there's bad. people out there, that's for sure. I, th- I thought that was your main kind of audience at season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope feel not. like there's there's like other avenues if you really are into that kind of stuff. <laughs> 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 you don't have to play Resident Evil Four 
yeah, or any money actually, and then probably find what you need somewhere. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with it so far. Uh, I like the fact that uh, it is, I, I don't mind the more action oriented Resident Evils. I don't take Resident Evil seriously. Um, I don't look to Resident Evil as being like my really dark uh, horror game. Like it's just not that to me. It's fighting zombies with a bunch of ridiculous stories. And um, so I'm enjoying it so far. I'm still pretty early, but uh, playing it on PS5, uh, liking the dual sense for it. And um, yeah, enjoying the hell of it. It is stunningly gorgeous. Like that RE engine just continues to just amaze. Um, and now this is, you know, talking about Capcom in general, if you think about Capcom recently, right? So uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake, both in the 90s and meta, uh, you know, they've sold, I think, over 10 million copies, something like that, something ridiculous. Um, you've got Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter Rise, which are crushing it for Capcom. Uh, RE4 now, 93 uh, open critic rating on this game. And then uh, you've got Street Fighter Six coming, which is supposedly from the early playtests we've seen phenomenal. So Capcom just seems to be crushing it on all fronts. It's really cool to see. And uh, yeah, man, I think uh, I think this will be up there in the conversation. Though it's one hell of a year for big games, so um, you know this will this might get lost by the time the later year comes around. But I mean, RE2 is nominated uh, despite being a remake too. So who knows? <clears throat> Yeah, I, I understand some people's um, kind of uh, eagerness to nominate remakes as a uh, game of the year, but it certainly doesn't work in my philosophy. But my philosophy isn't the only one. Um, <laughs> as you guys know, my philosophy is uh, not just about quality of game, but also about pushing the industry forward, which I feel remakes kind of explicitly don't do. But that's, um, you know, that's just me. People love these games. And I'm Resident Evil 4, I feel like Resident Evil 2, people didn't even like. Resident Evil 4, people love this game. People say it's what? like their favorite game ever. Um, you're, you're too young. Resident Evil 2 is no, no, a phenomenon. No, released, dude. no, no. Comparatively, it was not. Comparatively, Resident what? Evil 4 was like huge, dude. Like it Again, won game of the year everywhere. You're too, you're too, you're too young. No, I was alive when Resident Evil 2 was around. I hey, get you were alive, really... but you weren't mature enough to understand yeah. its impact, is what I'm yeah. saying. No, oh, gosh, that's not fair. The verses. Like, yeah, I'm not. That's not fair, Ains. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember for, for one, Resident Evil, uh, the industry, the games industry as a whole was way smaller when Resident Evil 2 was out. Fair. And, and I agree with you that four was like a four like took over the industry. Like it was a yeah, parent, yeah it was a game. So I, I'm agreeing with you, but I. I, I wouldn't make your point two, by downplaying one, RE2. One and two were huge. Three, you know, people forget that game happened. Three but, was kind of, yeah, let down. Uh, they were two. But I feel like four was sort of like Elder Scrolls Oblivion, where it, it you know, you can like Morrowind all you want, but everybody knows that Oblivion is when people actually started playing Elder that's, Scrolls. That's right. That's kind of yeah. the way I view it. Is it was like it's it not made a perfect it, analogy, but I'll, I'll I'll agree with you to uh, a qualified it, agreement it, here. It made it for everyone, right? It made it for the vast majority of people, bigger audience. Um, yes, or maybe maybe four is is Skyrim and Resident Evil Two is Oblivion. You could you could go that route if you want, but um, yeah, my, my point better. is that there, there's certain games there's certain games that kind of like 
hit at a different level. And even if they're not my favorite in the resident, you know, in that franchise, you have to admit that like they were the breakout game, right? Like yes. they just appealed to this large group of people. So some people feel that way about like Ocarina of time, right? Like it, that uh-huh. game made everybody play Zelda, but the people who are like the true, you know, OG Zelda fans look at that and go, that's not really my Zelda, right? Like, why isn't it top down? You know? so, <laughs> Hashtag not um, my Zelda. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting, but, uh, yeah, like Resident Evil 4, it happens to be my favorite one. So I can't be a hipster on this one, unfortunately, because I think it is the best Resident Evil game. Um, yeah. You think it's the best Resident Evil game? Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better one, actually. Um, I'm willing okay. to go through it with you on each of them, but one and two... Oh, I, I've got to finish it first. Yeah. Oh, right, right. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't played yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I would pick as my favorite Resident Evil right now. I think two is definitely up there, um, especially yeah, with like the quality play. of the remake. But from everything we're hearing, right, the quality of this remake is at that same level. And to your point, four was kind of beloved. I think two and four are the like if you took a huge poll of all the RE fans, I think two and four are going to come out on top. I think four would come out on top and it wouldn't be very close. <laughs> I think you there's a there's the split between the people who prefer action horror and survival correct 100 but i but i think action horror is a much larger group of people probably i'm not i'm not saying quality quality or whatever like that's obviously preferential but i think that the you know it's like the people who like call of duty versus people who like you know indie puzzle games like there's just more people on the call of duty side like regardless of what how you feel um so i think i think resident evil 4 would win just because it's it has more broad appeal and yeah. the, you know re, the fair. resident evil resident evil 2 type game is still kind of a niche even though it was a, a huge phenomenon so yeah shout out lexi code veronica for the win i love code veronica code veronica is great yeah, heck, game. I like uh, Umbrella Chronicles for the original Wii. Remember All right, that game? calm uh, down. Okay, <laughs> we were having a good conversation. Come on, that game you is didn't hilarious. Have to go crazy. You know, you know what that game is good for, Ames? It's good for uh, pl- giving it as a summary of the Resident Evil franchise to somebody who hasn't played any of the games because you kind of go through all of them you know and it kind of i mean you have to fill in some gaps yourself but yeah it's it's hilarious well i'm trying to make sense of all the resident evils as one cohesive unit is a near impossible task anyway it's just a ridiculous series of events and stories it's an insane story resident evil 6 really upped the psychoticness of that so much so that I feel like they have to contain all their games to one specific location because Resident Evil 6 made the world of Resident Evil so just balls to the wall insane that now they can't really show the rest of the world. They're just like, yeah, there was a giant zombie dinosaur that turned into a giant <laughs> zombie fly. I, I don't know, man. Like, let's just focus on one small house for Resident Evil 7. <laughs> and then we'll allow ourselves one small village for Resident Evil 8 because we can't talk about the larger world. It now doesn't make any sense. So good for them. Good yeah. For them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, RE6 has a spokesperson, but uh, Hogue won't kind of tell us how much he was paid to be so. Um, yeah. You know, for sure. It'll come out one day in legal documents, yeah. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout yeah, out to Vintage sure. Willow uh, giving 10. Memberships over at the Hoaglaw channel. Thank you very much. Appreciate the support of Hoag's channel while we're uh, Christopher, while he's out. Christopher Jetzer, by the way, in the yes. comments. Yep. Resident Evil Revelations, super underrated games. 
I, you know, I've heard amazing things about those games. I haven't played them. If you do play them, you have to play them co-op, preferably split screen, because those games, they play on having two players and one character being able to do one thing. Like usually there's like, you know, my recollection is there's like multiple storylines and one, you'll be like one player plays a little girl with no powers but she can see invisible zombies and then the other person has a gun can't see the zombies and so you have to work together to be like he's over there shoot him there and oh it's, it's it's super cool so uh highly recommend uh resident evil Resolute revelations super underrated games nice they also nice. did a um uh episodic model for i think the second one maybe maybe for both but i definitely the second one and uh which i thought was a really good format for resident evil because those games feel really good in chapters you know Mm -hmm. in episodes and i i feel like uh they really could have benefited from that in some of their other games but i don't i don't know they went back to the old model i really liked them as as episodes what um what do you what's your personal thought about when they went to first person for seven and eight um, what do you think about that now that you're playing four again, which goes obviously back to third person? Um, I don't mind too much. To me, the defining characteristic of a Resident Evil game was never the, the third person perspective. Um, I think the defining aspect was uh, kind of lost already when they went Resident Evil 4 and went over the shoulder kind of action packed mm. rather than rather than you know fixed camera angles and stuff yeah, from resident evil one. So, stuff. yeah for me resident evil has always evolved and just decided it was going to be whatever it felt like being at the time whether it's a arcade shooter with a plastic gun or <laughs> uh, you know a, a tank controlled puzzle game and so um you know i i generally tend to just be on the side of let's try things new and and not hold ourselves to what we did in the past. And uh, I think resident evil has shown an incredible propensity for evolving itself as a franchise, which I really admire. Um, So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been, (laughs) I started to say something and then we got Hogue in the chat. Good morning, sir. He said, agreed resident evil four is when the series lost its identity. Yeah, classic. I mean, <laughs> sure. You're gonna make oh, him Hogan pop on. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, this, cool. this is this is house. this is the Hogue summoning circle. Is I just yeah. talk about how great RE4 is until he shows up. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, Hogue, this is this is why Hogue and I fight so often because he is a, a curmudgeon. He thinks that you know. <laughs> However, a game was, it should always be that way. And if it isn't, then they're betraying, you know, the thing he loved. And I hold nothing sacred. I just say, hey, look, that game was good at that point in time. It's okay if we don't keep remaking that game over and over again. Let's try new things. So Hogan and I end up fighting a lot because he is, uh, you know, he he likes his old thing. And I say, <laughs> I say, let it die. Let's build something new. Let's let, let's do something better. That's what I say. Hmm. Well, not always better, man. Come it's on. true. Yeah. You no, know, no, it's I not th- always better, but there's no progress without risk without trying new things. Then you, yeah. you're going to, you, you basically, uh, you guarantee your own extinction if you refuse to evolve. And I think like, uh, some franchises are really good at doing that. Like you can't keep making elder scrolls Morrowind 
you know, every couple years and expect oh, that. Oh man, that would have been awesome. I mean, look, we like that game, Ains, <laughs> but you know, you have to figure out how you exist in the the of course the next iteration for you. And I feel like you don't get a Skyrim, and some people, myself included, prefer a Morrowind to a Skyrim in that specific example. But I think that you don't get there, and you don't you don't get to see what's next without making fundamental changes eventually. Um, and I think a tank controlled puzzle game in this day and age probably wouldn't fare well. So no, yeah. uh, Hogue doubled down by the way, just now and said RE4 is wildly overrated, but there you go. But that notwithstanding, it's not a part of the same series. The first three were, I mean, it's kind of in the title Hogue that you are demonstrably incorrect since it's called Resident Evil <laughs> 4. It's called Resident Evil 4. So. Well, it, it actually opens by saying this is six years after the events of, yeah. uh, you know, what Leon went through in Raccoon City. So. Yeah, so I would say that that opening <laughs> is pretty damning for your uh, claim that it's not part of the same series. Um, but you know, no. I get I get what you're saying. Uh, you don't feel <laughs> you don't feel like it is, um, and I would say, you know, more power to you, buddy. Go off. <laughs> I I will never keep hogue from making an argument that makes me look smarter and uh <laughs> miss you, buddy <laughs> oh my god i love uh one of my favorite aspects of this show is just being able to host and have you two go back and forth because what's what's often most funny about it is i see both sides and i usually find myself uh sitting in the middle so it's just it's all, i'm always popcorn ready man i love it I love it because I agree with you that I think that developers we, we've had this conversation a lot of times, right? Like from an artistic perspective, developers need to have the the freedom and hopefully the funding and capability, right? The support to uh, experiment and do new things and take a franchise in a new direction and kind of learn from. I think we get some of the best games in this industry when a developer is willing to look at what other developers are doing well and implement that in some of their franchises i would point yeah. out elden ring as a prime example of that mm -hmm. it uh it it kind of took inspiration from a lot of games including oh god i'm gonna say it out loud breath of the wild in um you know the way that it took the soul series and look what it created right one of the greatest games that we've seen in recent times i would argue um pretty yeah. pretty agreed upon widely um and i think that's true of many of the kind of biggest games or most recognized celebrated games that we've seen now i would also agree with the fact that uh there's a lot of times where people uh, or developers i should say take a franchise that's beloved make changes to it and uh somehow completely go the wrong direction i.e resident evil 6 um but you yeah. know they, they also can learn but, from mistakes so. yeah you you try new things and i think um we have seen what happens when you try to take a create a, a just inherently creative industry and a creative group of people and you put them in a box and you say just make halos forever right we've hey, seen what happens when you do that you um, watch it all right I hey, was I'm, on I'm your actually, side. don't make me turn hey i'm actually i was actually referring more to bungie right which is that like creative <laughs> people they have an interest in like the uncharted frontiers like nobody wants to just be told hey you're this company and you just you you make widgets right that's all you do you churn out widgets yeah. you're in a, you're in a factory assembly line that doesn't really cope with the um the uh kind of creative sensibilities of the games industry and i think uh 
if if you liked an old game that a company made or if they've always made a certain type of game good for you those games will continue to exist but um they're not going to get any better if they just keep doing the same thing and so i'm I'm always for people trying new stuff and admittedly often that means they make bad things oh well right yes that's that's how you sometimes you 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 have to take a couple steps back to take steps forward. That's how I feel. Also, we have people in the comments finding out that Hogue likes Resident Evil Six more than um, it's very funny. To see the reaction finding out for the first time, and uh, yeah. so our our circle of candles has worked. Oh, has it? It has worked. Here we go. Good morning, sir. How we doing? Oh yes, it works. <laughs> nice to you. Yes. Okay. I can only yes. get so much of this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Let's go. How we doing, brother? But Travis trying to convince me that if the developers want to make a match three game and put a number on it, I have to take it. it is not gonna work. Let's hear Hogue. Let's hear it. Come on. What are you saying? What's going on? Oh boy. Good to see you, dude. How you doing? Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know how long I'm gonna stay. I really just came directly off the road. <laughs> onto this show um because travis was frustrating wait. you i get it i get it did you yeah, turn like, around from where today, you were I'll, going? I'll check out what you guys are saying and there's travis spouting off <clears throat> oh. <laughs> yes no i think uh, travis correctly articulated one of our fundamental problems which is that i think that series should dance with the one that brung them and continue along the evolutionary line that they started rather than spinning off into completely different types of games travis has no problem with this yeah, correct yeah correct and that that's yeah. something that comes up a lot now to your point that it's not part of the same series because they kill off umbrella corp i would argue umbrella corp getting killed off in the stock market is maybe the most realistic thing that's ever happened in the resident evil franchise because my god <laughs> how did that company stay alive as long as it did given all of its uh, uh safety oversights let's call it I'm just saying that the transition between we're going to take out Umbrella, which is a great ending to Resident Evil 2, directly to Umbrella died off screen. Sorry about that, bro. Here, fight a Napoleonic robot, man, <laughs> is not perhaps gaming's finest moment. <laughs> what about Resident Evil 3? Didn't it do the same thing? Resident Evil 3 just repeated some of the plot points from Resident Evil 2. It's simultaneous to Resident Evil 2. Yeah, 3, three is pretty much it, it was like, it was almost like an expansion. It, it kind of just continued what two was doing. It didn't yeah, not continued, but two. in parallel. Three three is like the ODST of Halo. You know what I mean? It's like that side story that happened over here. But but they called it three. I, we, I, yeah. And that's why it you is not remembered as fondly three? as you know the others. Yeah. No. I, and everybody loves four, but that was definitely the moment where I said, Oh, this is this is where I separate from the crowd on this because Four, in my opinion, has never, ever been as good as people have said it is. But that's okay. People can like what they like. I, reasonable minds can differ on this stuff. But not only is it not intellectually as compelling as one, two, three, and Veronica, it's also, I don't think, as good action-wise as people seem to give it credit for. It's always been a little bit of a tank shooter as it stands. It's just is from a different perspective. But what was so different about Resident Evil 4? It didn't feel like the same game because it's got a lot of the same bones. You're fighting zombies. You have shooting that I would argue even for the time was not great, right? Yeah. Single single stick and it was sort of a little little tanky even, even then. Uh, and it's got so puzzle solving. 
it's got all the stuff you did in the resident evil old resident evil game so fundamentally to me, i love that ains and, and dan are just going off camera letting, letting us have our trip no, um, i'm literally why you're talking i'm fixing my keyboard no, uh, i'm here <laughs> Well, I just don't understand how, fundamentally how it was such a betrayal. Because to me, it felt like the natural kind of next step in that. Veronica is the natural step for Resident Evil. I mean, that was that was the evolutionary line. Resident Evil Four is a different type of game. It's much more focused on action. It is not scary at all, in my opinion. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So I think that 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 was a piece of the DNA that was removed from Resident Evil in Resident Evil Four. Um, but I, you know, I love Resident Evil 2. It's my favorite Resident Evil, and it was not an evolution of that. I don't think Veronica was. Very well. Well, yeah. I mean, you leave some people behind when you evolve the franchise, and I think the 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 feedback they got from Resident Evil 4 was yes, good, more of this. Yes. And kind of. I think the departure is uh, for a lot of people with five and six, where I would say five was the game where they kind of just did away with horror altogether. Six probably. Well, I don't well know the if decision you do to it. add a buddy to Resident Evil as an experience is just a poor one. That's not that's not smart. And so because that's, it that's because it takes away the... yeah, well, it takes away everything. It takes away the the finer survival horror elements, but it also takes away the the fear. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like we we're saying. It, it's a different type of game. It is and, different and, and it's funny you say that, Hope, because I know we've had this conversation before too. But how you describe re4 for you is how i felt when final fantasy 7 came out one of the most it's very beloved a lot of people's favorite game but to me it just wasn't what final fantasy was to me it was too much of a departure and for me final fantasy 7 has always been kind of overrated because of that breath of the wild 2 is another one that you kind of have trouble with breath of the wild as well yes i was like how do you know about two i don't know breath of the wild as well breath of the wild didn't yeah and i'm I'm not a gigantic zelda fan um but i grew up obviously playing the zelda games and yeah breath of the wild just didn't and i and and i'm i know i'm not alone obviously breath of the wild is a wildly celebrated game but you know i do uh there are other zelda fans who feel the same about breath of the wild you know there's no dungeons there's no it, it just doesn't feel fundamentally like the Zelda games that we grew up with. It lacks a lot of the Zelda juice, whatever that yeah. is. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people like the game on its own merits, and you don't, which is fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's perfectly fair, right? I mean, again, we're talking about Final Fantasy VII, Breath of the Wild, and Resident Evil 4, which are three, whether you like them or not, three of the most critically rated or celebrated games of all time. I mean, they're way up there. So, but... Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm curious as I go through this game to see where I land. Because, again, you know, I, I really liked Village. And we've talked about this jokingly, right? But, like, Seven and Village are very different experiences. Um, and I, I yeah. really enjoy both of them. Uh, I can recognize their differences, but I like, you know, I, I really love both those games. I don't know I like which. Biohazard a lot. Village is yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> what What is so, so different about those two games? Because to me, they seem like kind of a me too of the of each other like oh no seven village is a theme park with no semblance of reality at all and biohazard is trying to be a kind of saw game where you're in the bayou and it's as real as we can make it while being pursued by fungus monsters how is that real at all though fungus monsters aren't real the place is real the freaking village is just a series of theme park attractions there's nothing remotely organic about that setup 
See, I, to me, Resident Evil 7 feels like that same format. You go to Area A, there's bad thing happening there with bad boss you clearly have to kill, and it's kind of its own theme themed section of the park and then you once you kill the thing then you go back to the main hub and then you start heading off to the next theme park right like it's kind of the same idea it's just one is a house and one is a village well i mean i think that you can go from degrees of difference there right i tend to agree that facing off against any one of the family members gives it its own theme and you have to deal with that and it is pretty separate in a similar way to village village then takes the idea of oh we're gonna get attacked by you know, an old lady or flies and extends that to a giant woman and then dolls and just random shit from Twilight Zones from 50 years ago. Enjoy. <laughs> See, that's it. to me, you just described like basically a very small difference between seven and eight. A uh, difference in, in, in kind of degree of craziness can make a complete difference in tone for any piece of media. I think tone's probably the right word there. The tone of Village and the tone of Seven are very different. Village is goofy. Village is goofy. And you know I don't mind goofier, that in my Resident Evil. You know what's goofier than Village by a lot, though, is Resident Evil 6. Indefensibly so. <laughs> it is way goofier. You fight a giant zombie dinosaur, Hogue, that turns into a giant zombie fly. And then you get him shot by lightning bolts that come from orbitable bombardments. I, I'm, I, I mean... If you're talking about Goofy, if that's your bar, how the heck do you think six is better? How the heck? I'm so <laughs> confused by that. I think six, first of all, I think it's important to, for people that haven't played six to understand that six has essentially four campaigns, some of which are different in tone to each other, and that there are goofier campaigns within six than, than there are in other ones. When you're talking about Village, you've got the one Goofy campaign you get to go on. And that's that's what you get. You get an allegory about birth in a dollhouse, which is just all over the top. It's all heck. You get, uh, like I said, a giant woman that turns into a dragon um, in the first part of that game. And Six only ever tells kind of a Michael Bay bombastic weird army kind of movie, which I don't I agree doesn't flow from five, certainly and doesn't flow from four or three or two or one. But I find that to be more enjoyable than Village and its small world of horrors. Very well. I, I never understand the preference there, but I, I, I have to accept it, I guess, at this point. <laughs> yeah. I like Biohazard think... so much that Village was just a, a slap in the face to me. But that's okay. I think... Uh... I think it's funny that we come back to this all the time. It's one of those standout things. Well, we are talking about Resident Evil. It's not like it came of out course. Anywhere. Of course. Yeah. So I'm curious. I, I'm Obviously, over the next week or two, I'll be playing a heck of a, a lot of Resident Evil 4, and I want to see where this one stacks up for me. Coming in, you know, I think it's almost nice to be coming in entirely fresh here, right? I don't have the context of what Resident Evil 4 was at the time or what the experience was. This is going to be a new story to me coming off of really seven seven eight and uh two remake so uh could be interesting by the way i put a poll up on the season gaming channel uh you know obviously we are uh co-broadcasting or simulcasting as always but i put a poll up to let us know which one you like more resident evil 2 or resident evil 4 well, let's see what the community says there also quick shout out to just be key 
BKZ, excuse me, for gifting 10 memberships over at the Hoglaw channel. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, two, good, good was, two was such a massive game when it came out. And yeah, I really that's what I was trying to tell Travis well. earlier, Hoke. Like it was I know a revelation. It was massive. I know it was massive, but it was it was <laughs> I don't think less you know how massive. massive it was. I do. I just know that Resident Evil 4 was more massive. Like no, Resident Evil 4 was a GameCube exclusive. Resident Evil 2 was way more popular at the time than 4 was. That's a good point. I forgot. It, is, it was a GameCube exclusive for a small period of time. Not a small. I mean, when you're living it, came to PS2 and original Xbox. Like I think a year later, maybe I less. Think it was a year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I did forget yeah. that point actually because that Resident Evil 2 came out at kind of peak PlayStation 1 hype, where at that point PlayStation 1 had taken over that the was conversation. Full Multiple discs, demo yeah. discs yeah, on yeah, pre yeah. previous games. Yeah, I mean, Resident Evil yeah. 2 was a zeitgeist moment. Yep. Yep. I was so waiting I tables at the was time. Resident Evil 4. So it was Resident Evil 4. It, 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 Resident Evil 4 was game of the year. It, the games industry was much bigger. There were way more players. And then the fact that it came to all three consoles eventually probably had much for, a larger reach than uh, Resident Evil 2 ever could have. The PS2, original Xbox, GameCube, all, all of those audiences versus the PS1 audience. Um, so I'm sure we could look it up and I know Resident Evil. I don't know. But you're talking about <laughs> bodies, but, but I mean, bodies don't make kind of the, the cultural moment, I don't think. Resident Evil 2 was a big freaking deal. Resident Evil you, 4 on, on its release was not. You certainly need lots of bodies to have a cultural moment. I mean, that's part of it, right? Uh, necessary, um, but not sufficient. Yeah, it's just kind of percentages. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've, I'm... Uh... I, I think you guys are underestimating how big of a deal Resident <laughs> Evil 4 was. And I say that knowing how big of a deal Resident Evil 2 was. I, I honestly think 4 was, yeah, it was it was like their, like Skyrim. It was their evolution that made it have broad appeal and, and made it more palatable to lots of people who don't like tank controls or, you know, really terrible voice acting and all the stuff that was sort of known for in the early right. games, so... Hey man, I I love those games, but come on, they have bad voice. Well, I mean, you're you're taking like Resident Evil in 2020 or something with its memification. Really, nobody was talking about Jill sandwiches when Resident Evil One came out, honestly. <laughs> but hey, 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 what a mansion was always poorly voice acted, right? Like everybody thought that. I just think this I, is I know a difference in kind of growing up time period, Travis. I mean, like that wasn't the case at the time. Resident Evil was not leagues worse. Than the other games we were playing at the time. Oh yeah, no, I remember. I played those games too, and they all had bad voice acting. But that was sort of something we all agreed to overlook. We knew it was bad. Yeah, well, at least I, mean, I did. You say bad, I tend to say like overdone anime dubs is how I cheesy. Used to, I used to think yeah. about video yeah, yeah. games. Cheesy, yeah, yeah cheesy is exactly. a good word. It was cheesy, it was cheesy. Yeah. Well, the, the the intro to Resident Evil is fully fully on board with the cheesiness. I mean, that was one of my favorite intros of the PlayStation era. It was like a B movie. Yeah, with Pretty like much. the fire coming in and changing the shots of the various full motion video actors that you never see again. <laughs> yep, exactly. That exactly. intro, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. So big uh, shout out to co-counsel in the house. She said, thanks for being here, everyone. Even those of you who aren't entirely 100% sure what's happening. I always learn something, even if it's not totally my She didn't days. know I was coming on today. So there you go. She's being very nice. Oh, did, did you? <laughs> oh, co-counsel is going to get you. Uh -oh. Take care of yourself over there. <clears throat> All right. Um, Hoke, 
since me. since Dan's playing like one game and uh I'm playing we, two we, games. <laughs> we've talked about Diablo and Resident Evil. Any game you've been playing you want to talk about? Diablo? Resident Evil? No. Um I for the <laughs> most part am still getting the left hand and arm up to speed, so I'm not playing yep. much of anything that's action oriented. I've been going through older games or kind of lesser known games in both of the ecosystems, PlayStation and Microsoft, to find kind of things that I can play on a more turn-based basis. And I found one called Legend of the Keepers that I've been enjoying, where you're like the boss monster of a dungeon. But um, what else have I been playing? Boss Monster is a great uh, board game, by the way. I have Boss Monster. Yeah, it's great game. Let's Very see, what cool. else have I been playing? I, I've been playing Wolfson because Diablo was setting off action RPG sure. uh, once, and so Wolfson came to consoles. It's pretty good. It's not Diablo 4. I have to, <laughs> yeah. to warn you there in terms of money and polish and everything else, but it's good. Have you played Diablo 4? Are you enjoying it? Oh, yeah. Nice. I played last week. Cool. What class? Um, I played both rogue and barbarian my brother played sorcerer and is looking forward to trying druid but we had like a 47 minute queue that then broke on friday yeah classic yeah Yeah. but no uh, is gonna sell a billion i mean it's it's a a great game yeah i think uh, i was having this conversation with uh, an xbox show i was on a while ago when they they asked me what's gonna sell more they were having an internal debate starfield or diablo and i said diablo and they were all shocked and i'm like i think people underestimate how big diablo's audience is um they sell tens and tens of millions of units and and of course there's factors like game pass and other things that won't come into play right and diablo being on all platforms etc but uh i think in general people who don't play diablo or are into diablo don't really realize how big of a game diablo is um, well, Diablo 4, I think, is just so impressive right from the get-go. And it's going to be very, very popular. Yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right. Let's uh, let's get our first round of Super Chats out of the way here because obviously some relate to Hoag uh, while he's here. And then, um, if you don't mm-hmm. mind, Hoag, I, I obviously don't want to... I don't know how long you plan to hang out with us today, but we were going to talk about CMA's provisional findings, which I know I you already did. That. That's why I wanted to try to pop on. That's why I was even checking on what you all were talking about. Okay, awesome. <laughs> all right, let's hit these Super Chats up, guys, and then we'll get to it. Jeremy Morton yeah. actually came in before we even started. 9.59, which, you know, to be fair, is probably still like seven minutes. Good 10 we minutes started. before we started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The real question, how does it compare to Resident <laughs> Evil 6? Well, I, I feel yeah, like we we've, uh, yeah, we kind of tackled that by this that. point. Yes, we have. <laughs> you forgot the emoji, by the way, Travis. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, thinking face. Thinking face. Hey, ponderous <laughs> persona. So I'm glad we got to that. Jeremy, thank you so much for the support. Appreciate you very much. Uh, Googleman. Yeah, with five euros. Currently trying to figure out how to get my grabby hands on Have a Nice Death. Might have to cave and get a Nintendo Switch Lite. I've never heard of that. So I've seen some chatter about this, but I have no idea what it actually is. No have a nice idea. death. Has anyone uh, seen this, talked about it? Uh, yeah. Um, it's more I know the death in an accountant or something like that, right? Correct. Yeah, your death working in an office, and uh, I haven't played it. It's on my list, though. Okay. Cool. I'll have to check that out. 
right I guess after I Hurricane random Sylvania. Nintendo games, I did get one called like Paranormal Sight, I think, and The Seven Legends of Hojo, something along those lines that I've been playing with the family. They love murder. Okay. They love murder. They do. Love My daughters it. love murder mysteries. They're planning yours. <laughs> what is happening here? Google, man. Thank you. Kern Grisdale in the house. Yeah, with the five or four ninety nine pound or pound. Yep. Nine, pounds. Yeah, okay. I played the open beta because of you guys. While I enjoyed it, I now know it's not for me, which is great. That would perfectly be fine. Yeah. Yeah, perfectly fine. That's uh, one of the nice things about open betas, right? And, and because of your comment, we now know you are a cop. <laughs> Karen, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh oh, Travis, be prepared, my friend. Chris Uh-oh, Mullen is here. Used. Yeah. Hey, Travis. Okay. Um, hey, Travis, tie guy, and then a colon. Okay, so this is a story. Um, if you are a ghost, a robot, or a cat, you should hear no evil, see no evil, and speak no evil. But if you do speak about games, and roll the dice on technology, it'll make you smile. Oh, I think the sorry. dice is just board games. Oh, I see. Yeah, that that could... Console um, board and also. PC, right? But if you do speak about, about games, video games, board games, or computer games, it'll make you smile until you turn your life upside down. <laughs> right? <laughs> well played man (laughs) chris thank you uh marianne williams with the 20 dollars super sticker over on hoax channel thank you mary uh, for the support you've been a uh, weekly super sticker uh uh super chatter so thank you very much for that thank you marianne nice amazing meta in the house yes the 20 dollars super chat just stopped by to say hi i am at work today so uh or just so they can let me go then off to the next site all right Mm, travis okay uh celebratory um what are those things called confetti balls um a party popper a human dying of hypothermia and there's the (laughs) cloud with snow that is uh i guess the accomplice or perhaps the murderer um i think they're just uh, cold i don't know that there's a murder <laughs> no there's a murder there's a murder he's cold he's dying and somebody's happy about it because there's a celebration going on um so yeah somebody somebody's happy about somebody dying of hypothermia uh, another person is s- surfboarding in the sun uh and they work as a construction worker uh in hawaii there you go I love it. See, I, I, mean, I would have said that they're celebrating, but they're cold, and so they're going to go to a warmer place for vacation. You no, made a whole lot of mystery out of it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's an interesting uh, interpretation. And, and it's I kind was of a going glass line, Travis, cool. where like where like the murderer left to go to a tropical island and celebrate after they murdered the person. Yeah, because here's the yeah. thing, Hogue. Here's where your theory falls apart. If okay. they're going to a tropical place, <laughs> why are they working as a construction worker? They got a job on vacation. That seems a little sus. They have to blend I think, in. I think I think they're on the run, and now they're working a job where they don't need to show. I think that's ID. the actual version. I think we can use the context of the message as well. They're done okay, with work and off to the next site. So right now they're happy because they're done. <laughs> they're cold, and the next site is in warmer climes. 
I see. I see. Okay. See, I was. I, I will. I will admit, Hogue. I didn't read the comment at all. I just looked at the emojis because <laughs> that's my role here. But that is a good point. Yeah. Okay. So they were cold, and now they're off to a warmer site to do their job as a construction worker. Amazing meta. Thank you. My father was also a construction worker, so you know, I res mad respect. <laughs> Meta, thank you very much. And Walt in the house, Mr. Iron Yeah, Cake. with the $10. Oh, uh, it's great to see you on here. We love you, brother. Also, I said it before, but uh, Diablo 4 is crazy fun, and Grim Dawn is a wonderful tie-over until uh, Diablo 4 is released. Grim Dawn's fun. Path of Exile's fun. A lot of good ARPGs out there. Yeah, true. Yeah, good stuff. We were talking about Grim Dawn the other day, and he was recommending it to me as a, as a holdover. So, Grim Dawn. Good game. You know yeah, and it's on it's on sale right now. It's on all platforms, and it's on sale at least on Steam. It is. Uh, it's great on deck. Cheap, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like six bucks for like the the regular game without the expansion. So I may check it out. Yeah. So MLB no, MLB released the early access too this week. So I don't know, Hogue, if you are big into baseball and or the show. I have enjoyed the show in the past. It might be something that you are able to play. It's not very, you know intensive i guess as far as with the with the hand thing you know what i mean i, I started yeah. playing it on friday it's the same <laughs> so it's 22 yeah, yeah so if you if you you know maybe just get that one if you got it already so. <laughs> got a couple more to get to here jose rivera in the house yeah with the 999 super chat travis was spot on with his uh d2 review the story is so embarrassing that i'm actually happy to pay to not run it on my alts. <laughs> so this is this uh, no. D2 I know he means uh, Destiny. Destiny too. So oh. the 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 problem with what he's saying though is that he was so unimpressed with Lightfall that he actually paid twenty dollars twice to skip the story on his alts. A uh, I e he rewarded Bungie for <laughs> their terrible <laughs> storytelling skills yeah. by paying them an extra $40 to not play the game. That's what we just run around though. looking for a radial array now. That's just what we do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never heard um, radial array more than in the Lightfall campaign. <laughs> radial array. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. That, uh, yeah. Terrible. Sorry. Sorry that you had to do that, Jose. Pay an extra $40, but I guess I don't really blame you because, yeah, that, that campaign's hard to get through. So, wow. Jose, thank you. And Mr. Bad Bit in the house, host of the Trophy Room and co-host of Cast Co-op. Yeah, and Joe comes in with, I got an easy one for Travis, Luke Lore sucks. Peaches. No, he's actually saying Luke Lore sucks peaches, which, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Thanks for saying that about Luke, Joe. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds sweet. Everybody likes fruit. Pleasant. Everybody likes yeah. fruit. All right, Joe, yeah. thank you, sir. All right, so... Uh, oh, and shout out to uh, Lethal String over on Hoag's Law for gifting five memberships. Thank you Absolutely. very much. Thank you. All right. So this week we got uh, an update, an actual update on uh, Microsoft's uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, CMA published its provisional findings relating to the console gaming market. Uh, it's worth pointing out, as you did, obviously, Hoag, this does not... Uh, uh, have anything to do with the review of the cloud gaming market, which they have said they will publish the results by late April. But on the console gaming market, their statement, and then I'll hand it off to you, Hogue, because you're much better speaking about this than me. 
Their actual statement was the CMA inquiry group has updated its provisional findings and reached the provisional conclusion that overall, the transaction will not result in a substantial lessening of competition in relation to console gaming in the UK. And so, as you can imagine, uh, you know, there are all kinds of uh, commentary around this. But essentially, it uh, it seems like the CMA uh, in their second round of uh, review has kind of understood the broader picture here and updated their provisional findings to say, okay, the outside of uh, Call of Duty uh, becoming exclusive, which they don't think it will, um, there's really no concern about damaging the console gaming market in the UK. Yeah, so this is basically a math fight. So the way that Microsoft submitted the way they evaluate the value of Call of Duty players suggested to them, and this is what they reported to the CMA and the EC and the FTC, all the regulators across the world, is that it doesn't make sense for them to pull Call of Duty from PlayStation because it makes so much damn money over there that it would cost them more than they could possibly make in Game Pass. And then the CMA did their own math for their provisional findings, and Microsoft submitted at the the start of this month a fairly aggressively worded letter that said, your math is stupid, to the CMA because the CMA was taking their lifetime value of a player that plays Call of Duty, which is based around a five-year kind of averaging, and comparing it to the loss in sales that PlayStation would realize over the course of a single year. And so what Microsoft told the CMA was, look, you're comparing five years of profits to one year of losses, and yeah, of course, profits looks like it makes more money when you take five years of it. And, And so the CMA said, well, our math is fine, but we've got a lot more information now, and oh, by the way, we're changing our math because... Microsoft seems to have the right of it on this on this particular question. And so there's a lot of hand-waving in what is a 17-page apologia from them that says, this is what phase two is supposed to do. We're supposed to re-examine our premises, et cetera. But also, even though Microsoft has submitted the same kind of information that they've submitted for the past six months, we're looking at it now in a new light because it does look like if Microsoft pulls Call of Duty, that they're going to lose billions of dollars. Billions is the, is the word that the CMA uses. And in every practical way that we can look at this, it's always billions of dollars. So now we don't think they're going to pull Call of Duty, which is what, of course, Microsoft has said for a year now. And the CMA says, and if they're not going to pull Call of Duty, everything else that we have said about their prior actions and the way we feel about Microsoft really isn't that important because there's no company crazy enough to actually do this under this current math. So in a kind of rarity, you've got a regulator who doesn't fully admit to it because they're still a political body reversing course. And one of the things I say in my video that I put up yesterday is while it's annoying and I get people being annoyed by this whole process, you should never be upset about judgment bodies going and examining the premises again and saying, you know what? We were wrong. Exactly. We encourage that kind of behavior. And so they were wrong. Now, I personally think cloud game is actually more specious than the console gaming market insofar as while you can't show the losses, you also can't show the gains. So I really don't think that the CMA is going to wind up being the hurdle that many thought they would be when they first came out with their provisional findings because the console gaming one was a much a much higher hurdle to clear than cloud gaming in my opinion now in the same breath i would say cloud gaming is so nascent and so unknown that they can basically say whatever they want if they want to decide to try to block the deal based only on that market they could but it's even more kind of ephemeral than talking about console gaming or any of the other things that are more concrete that there's actually a proven market for. 
Microsoft doesn't make hay from cloud gaming sales. It's not what they focus their energy on. And there isn't really proof that there's a market that can survive that consumers really want to participate solely in cloud gaming as against libraries and console and performance and everything else. So this was a big win for Microsoft in the long term, but it's still unclear what that means overall for when the deal will close and what they want to do with the FTC. And one of the things I mentioned in my video is that Microsoft's lawyer has told the FTC and the judge in the administrative court that they're willing to close over an FTC action still pending. But while people sent that to me as proof that they would, it's a rhetorical device. I, I don't want to tell you to never believe lawyers, but when you're in a litigation <laughs> or, uh, or conflict setting, you say things that are useful in the moment, and it may or may not be the case that that happens down the line. So Microsoft has said to the FTC, hey, we're going to close if we get EC and CMA approval. And that's useful to tell the, the FTC to fish or cut bait, right? Get, get over this if you're not going to do something serious. But if you are, let's do this the right way and go to federal court. It's useful to tell the FTC that when it may or may not be the case. And you don't know exactly what you're going to do as a company until you're actually faced with the circumstances. So it may be that Microsoft closes over an FTC action. It would be a rarity for a relatively conservative multinational corporation to do that, but it's possible. And yes, people have asked me as well, does that suggest that if Microsoft were to close over that, they don't think the FTC can win? Yes, that would be a strong indication that Microsoft does not believe the FTC has a leg to stand on, which, as I've said in a number of videos, I don't think they do. But will yep. the FTC change course regardless of what Europe does? I can't promise anything like that because these are people making decisions. Everybody wants to look at this like, well, their logic would be would be broken if that happens. And we saw also this past week, the gamer lawsuit was kicked out of court in California. So it's not logical. Everybody's asking me, the FTC, aren't they going to reexamine what they're looking at and reflect? And I say, maybe. I don't know. Do you know anybody in your life that just says, hell or high water, we're doing this? Because that could be what's happening at the FTC. And it doesn't have to be. But I can't make promises on that. And any lawyer or analyst that tells you they can is not telling you the whole truth. Yeah, I saw some people commenting that now that the CMA has has published these findings, the FTC will change course. And one of the big things I took away from your video, right, is that that is not true, is the FTC will still do whatever the FTC is going to decide to do. And yeah, there's not uh, an X, then Y. There, there's right. a lot of logic there, but there's not there's nothing. There's no if the then. Yeah. Yeah, they should. But yeah, the FTC is they should never have brought it. But I mean, like, that's yeah. that's, you know. That's where people come at me in my DMs and tell me you were wrong, Rick. And I said, no, I told you they should never have brought it. And I kept my percentages with a percentage allowing for them to bring it because I know that they are presenting to the world that they have some beef to to uh, to finish off with some of the tech companies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you were able to jump in today because, uh, as always, your insight on these things. I actually watched your video this morning to make sure that I could speak to it from your words. <laughs> in case you couldn't make it, uh, but it, it's okay. great to have you here to provide the insight and the clarity because uh, as has been the case since the beginning of this announcement, a uh, lot of people talking about it, very few who actually know what to expect and what the details are. So uh, always great to have you in that space. Well, it's pretty rare to see a regulator, even in phase two, say um, that first part, that was completely wrong. We're going in a different direction now. That's That's pretty rare. And yeah, they have a number of pages at the front. If you go and you read this for yourself, I don't recommend it unless you're tired and you want to sleep. But there's a couple of pages at the front that are basically like, this is what phase two is all about. That's why we say preliminary all the time. 
It's like, okay, CMA, sure. Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of uh, patting themselves on the back a little bit from what I got from your video of, hey, look what we did. We fixed ourselves. Um, but, hey, I, I, I would also agree with you, though, that, um, as you said a few moments ago, that, hey, at the end of the day, this is what you want regulators to do is to take the yeah. time to get it right. And if they, you know, whether or not they did out of the gate, uh, the fact that they've seemingly gotten it right, per se, quotes right, um, is what you would hope. Yeah, so. I mean, their current model and what they say in this addendum is much closer, I think, to what the four of us would agree is the actual dynamic in the console video game space than what a lot of these regulators have been operating under for a couple yes. of months now. So, I mean, I think that's right to people that know what we're looking at. And unfortunately, exactly. unfortunately, regulators, you know, we have regulators for all of industry, right? So they're going to be talking about video game consoles now. They have to go figure out how the wheat market works in some various area in order to make that finding. So you get these regulators that don't necessarily know everything that's happening in a given market, which is obvious to those of us that follow the market, but not so obvious to people that are coming in sure. and parachuting in and trying to decide these things. So yes, I always want to say, don't lock adjudicative bodies into bad decisions by being, you know, ridiculous online or otherwise. You want them to do this. You want you want this 180 degree turn because you want them to be able to do it and not have political capital loss for making those changes. Yeah, yeah. So I don't usually call it Super Chats, but uh, uh, Mr. Badbit, uh, you know, host of the Trophy Room, our friend here, just posted a $2 Super Chat that said, does this get Sony closer to signing the deal? And I, th I assume like he's I referring to the 10-year deal, right? Much like I can't predict the FTC, I can't predict Sony. I said when they rejected it publicly a month or two ago that that was a bet they were making that they would get at least as good of a deal from the regulatory process Did. than what yes. Microsoft was offering them. So that bet is continuing, and yet it looks like it's a losing bet more and more as we continue forward. So, yes, it gets them closer in so far as if they want it at all, they'll be more inclined to do it today than they were yesterday. But we don't know. Sony has said loud, loud and clear to all the regulators that there are mines landmines in the economics of the deal that we don't know because that's all redacted for our viewing sure and so that could still be the case sony could just be presenting we don't know so does it get them closer yes does it mean they sign can't promise that at all yeah very fair very fair and, and then i'll uh, just those, a quick for those who are wondering the the signing that uh, we're referring to is sony signing a deal to bring call of duty to the playstation platform post acquisition by Microsoft, which they've signed with just about every other body under the sun uh, at this point. <laughs> and many you've um, never heard of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, is, which is interesting. Um, uh, obviously, clearly there's some uh, posturing that's happening uh, on Microsoft's sure. yeah. part. Um, but uh, yeah, that, you know, that they were unhappy with that original offer. And uh, I think, uh, I think the they the their tantrum here hasn't really worked well for them. So it's no. interesting. No, and I and I think that was the one thing I said late last year was that this was unexpected from Sony because it doesn't make a lot of long-term strategic sense to me. Right? Because you're seeing already some of the things that are happening, which is like, well, okay, are you really a two console maker market? Well then we've got problems with a lot of the percentages across various jurisdictions in the world. Sony, you look like a monopolist if it's just you and Microsoft in a number of places. Sony doesn't want that. No, no. We just meant that for the deal. Not now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, bad for them uh, in Japan. Yeah. The, the position that they're creating, it, A, looks bad 
long term because because they're you know next time they try to acquire something these same arguments are going to be used against them well you said it's a two console market and now you're trying to acquire a, a company to become even bigger in japan where you're already monopoly etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think there's some issues there but also it burns the capital with the people that you are sort of fighting against unduly like there's a lot of companies that want to become bigger who are going to look at sony as uh, the type of company that tries to stop this from happening, even though they are one of those companies. And then also the the bridges they're burning with Activision. I can't even imagine. Imagine if the deal didn't come through, go through of how how burned that bridge would be between Activision and Sony. I mean, they would still get Call of Duty on PlayStation, but um, I don't think the future partnerships would really be a thing anymore. Uh, There'd be so animosity, it, but I always say business finds a way, right? Jurassic Park style. Sure. If there's money to be made, and PlayStation still has the biggest market, Activision will suck it up and deal with Sony, even if they don't like it. So I think Sony knows that. They're not worried about that particular bridge. But yeah, I have certainly felt worse about Sony and their arguments since they started making them in earnest in really November of last year. I don't mind Sony coming out and just saying, this could cause a problem for us. We make a lot of money from these particular items and you know, do what you will, regulators. When they change over to the deal must be blocked or the gaming industry is doomed, that's when I shift over and say, okay, so you went too far there. And now <laughs> Sony is, you know, considering its life choices. Yeah. I mean, wasn't there, a, I haven't caught all the details here, but wasn't there a representative uh, in the U S that came out and made a statement around kind of Sony's uh, uh, monopolized. Yes. Uh, so we're currently negotiating you. a trade agreement with Japan. And our representative came out and said, well, Japan, you need to do something about Sony because my understanding is they have 98% right. of the market and you allow them to monopolize. And I think I tweeted out, I don't know what math gets you to 98%. But <laughs> what people told me was that if you take Nintendo out, which is the craziest thing ever in terms of determining the yeah. Japanese video game market. Sure, sure. But if you take Nintendo out, Xbox is so small that, that Sony has 98%. It's like, yeah, but it's useless information. That's a useless statistic. If I take Nintendo out of the Japanese video game market, I don't have a reasonable look at the Japanese video game market anymore. Yeah, very yeah. true. Very true. It is Sony's own argument, though. Well, <laughs> Sony didn't. So what Sony has done this entire time is echo the things it likes about what regulators say. So the CMA and the FTC took Nintendo out and Sony said, yeah, great idea. Good, good idea, guys. They didn't forward that to begin with. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in Brazil, which was one of the first people to move publicly on this, there's a whole section about how Nintendo is an important data point because they have more than survived without Call of Duty. And then I think the CMA is made aware, if you look at the timing of those, that they have to do something about Nintendo. So they just have a series of kind of non sequitur paragraphs about how Nintendo is different. And of course, all of the consoles are different. They all brand differentiate, right? If I told you, hey, I want to play a cinematic third-person over-the-shoulder action adventure, you'd know exactly which console Nintendo. to yeah, <laughs> yes. switch. That's right. You yeah. know exactly which console to send me to, and Travis would take me to Nintendo. This is what you get at GameStop some days. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, if I and if, and if I said, you know, I want to play uh, a racing game or a a shooting game, chances are you'd send me to Xbox. I mean, it's it's differentiation all the way down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you have one in back, sure, give it to me. Yeah. And that's what the PlayStation VR 2 is. That's what Connect was. That's what Game Pass is. That's what Labo is. They're always looking for different ways to differentiate their markets. Sure. But Ooh, Labo. Oof. Wow. Labo. Um, 
<laughs> I love my Labo, gentlemen. <laughs> did, did not see that coming on uh, 326, 23. Uh, this <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for that. Um, good clarity there. And uh, obviously, we will wait to see what next. What's next uh, from the FTC and the, and the broader arrangement here? One thing that I, I was playing Diablo the other night, talking with some friends. And one thing that kind of did just strike me in the moment for whatever reason is. You know, it's it's obviously very likely that, you know, by later this year or sometime in the very near future, uh, that Diablo, Starfield, Call of Duty, Halo, uh, all the games that I'm generally looking at and playing are all going to be Xbox first party. And that was just kind of a weird moment when I sat back and thought about that. Oh, and Overwatch 2 as well, because I was looking at the most played games on Xbox Live. Overwatch 2 is like ninth or 10th or something. And I was like, good God, man. It is, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about. If, you, if you've been with Xbox, you know, I was a huge OG Xbox guy when it first came out in Halo and all that. And if you think about where they're about to be sitting in the marketplace in terms of IP ownership, it's pretty wild. Well, and you hope they don't go to rot there, right? Like, that's the risk. Microsoft is agree. terribly efficient at getting products out to market. And so I want them to succeed. People keep asking me about this, and it's like, oh, you're an Xbox fan. It's like, no, actually, I play mostly on PlayStation. But I, I have no problem with them buying these companies. I just want to make sure that they succeed. But it's not the job of the regulators or the government to say, oh, maybe you suck at making video games. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they don't. If they did, the if they did. I'll be hopeful that they don't. Yeah. And if they did, if regulators did look into that, uh, Microsoft would be in trouble. spot on delivery sir um i think uh we've talked about that though as a group before right like even even me who loves the halos loves the forzas loves i love most of xbox's franchise if you take a step back and look at how they've curated their portfolio over the past several years it, it they, there's been a lot of mistakes um and a lot of concern so and i think companies haven't released anything that wasn't really close to completion yeah, we're. I mean, we're still waiting, right? We haven't Hellblade two. We got a little teaser from GDC. We still haven't seen Avowed. Perfect Dark is apparently in development hell. Um, we know what happened with Halo. We've talked about that extensively. Stated to Decay three. Who knows when that's coming? We we hey, still haven't seen anything. Out of is crushing it right now. For the record, you always say that, but I mean, well, they had yeah, a they okay. had a decade plus of rare, right? It's not like yeah. they've been using them to their maximal extent. Yeah, that game's five years old now, too. Like, yeah. it's not like it just they're crushing came out. it. And they're yeah. coming out with new content to celebrate five years. Hey, hold on. So is State of Decay too. To be fair, they're releasing a huge update here in a month. To what? And it's it's going to change State of Decay two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think games are too. happening a little differently. Like they're updating games that are super successful, and they've come out with games in the past you know couple years that have been super highly praised, but their pipeline just has issues. And their biggest titles that everybody are really excited about, their new IPs are taking forever. So that's why you buy the bigger pipeline. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what you're doing. Yeah. I, and how many we, developers do you need to release a game per quarter? We'll find out. Yeah. Yep. We, I'm, I'm starting Dan to and I have been that. talking about that for since this podcast started. That's Quite what literally. we've always wanted was that cadence. Yeah. But I, I'm I the, the farther we go into it, it seems like the less chance of that happening, especially given you know just how games are developed now i think yeah uh, you know they just they just take a lot longer but even then i mean you've got 24 studios 
you know, so I guess if you wanted to hit, you know, I, I think I mean, it's tough, have, 30 know. something after Activision, right? I think yeah, it's I, 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 I think they're realizing it's a numbers game because so I, I've been watching this um 32 part documentary on YouTube. Have you guys seen this? The Psychonauts 2 documentary. I have. I'm on I'm only on episode three. Yeah, so I'm I'm like at the end uh, of the of that. I've just been watching it, you know, while on jogs and stuff. And I think uh, the one thing I've learned from that is that the and obviously Double Fine is probably an extreme uh, example of this. But I was gonna the, say, if it's anything like Broken Age, yeah. there's only so much Tim Schafer managing people I can take. Well, I, I love Tim Schafer, so shame on you. Um, but well, he's uh, a talented <laughs> dude, but management is not the same as creativity. Yeah. Uh, Fair. Well, you should uh, you should watch the documentary because uh, it's, um, <laughs> I watched it's the interesting. One. It was it's interesting. It's interesting to see what happens when you get an actual game manager into a studio like Double Fine, and it it ends up not working out, which is uh, hmm. kind of okay. hilarious. Um, yeah, but uh, the uh, the I guess the thing I've learned from watching that documentary is just how chaotic and alchemical the creative process of making a video game is. And I think trying to fit that into a box of you will ship creative thing and it will be good in Q2 of 2020 fiscal year 2024. I don't think that form formula really works with game creation. And I think uh, if it can, you know, if you, if you set up a, a very specific set of rules and boundaries and you say you will make a call of duty every three years and then you'll have to these two other studios that help you do it um i think the most you can do is really provide resources and tools and try to uh keep people on track but uh i think i think microsoft has learned the hard way what happens when you force a game out and also what happens when you give a, a studio too much slack and then you know they kind of just continually disappoint you or the project gets off track. So hopefully they're learning a lot, but I think some of it is numbers, right? If you want a game to come out every quarter to hit your uh, Xbox Game Pass subscription model, I think you have to you have to have a lot of studios working on a lot of stuff, lots of coals in the fire. So Yeah, well, and and there's a lot of management that goes into that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean project management is a real skill. Yeah. And I've talked about it a lot before, but it certainly seems like Xbox and maybe Phil Spencer, maybe people above him, I don't know, have wanted to take a softer hand than maybe was necessary for some of the new people coming into the school, right? And so I do think they're gonna they're they're hopefully gonna slowly figure out who needs that heavier guidance, who needs the softer hand and and get better at it. But yeah, I think you're I think you're right that apparently twenty four developers isn't enough. We need thirty seven or whatever it's gonna be. And maybe it winds up with fifty. The problem is, is that that's a lot of eggs in one basket if they just completely overturn. Right. Well, yeah, I think um, I, th I think they're they're buying the studio that is known for, or some of them that's known for really uh, predictable cadences, and then also Blizzard, which is known for the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Blizzard will right. just burn a game to the ground if they don't like it when it's done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which yeah probably a good idea. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, mostly. Their high quality kind of Q score, even though obviously the problems at Activision, so many of them originate at Blizzard, that people have reacted to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But they but have player uh, confidence for that reason. That's for sure. They do. Yeah. And we've had this conversation before and we've gotten some feedback like, uh, you know, kind of angry that it, it feels like we're being critical of xbox and i said well we are um you know it's not that i don't want xbox to succeed i love xbox they're my favorite franchises that they have but uh you need to be critical of them 
uh, delivery is important. And it's clear, like we've talked about, that they've had problems with delivery, no matter how you slice it. Um, I mean, exactly what we're talking about. And, and you said heavier hand, Hogue. I mean, I hate to bring bring it full circle as I always do. But I mean, Halo Infinite is the perfect example. This is your franchise studio and IP. And you seemingly didn't know the realistic shape that that game was in uh, prior to release. I don't know how that happens. I, I, I legitimately, from a leadership perspective, don't know how that happens. Yeah, um, I mean, it I, makes no sense. That that was one of the biggest misses of the last decade. I mean, that was printed on the box as a launch game for the Xbox. I mean, this was their keystone entry, and it was a year late. And then realistically, it got a lot of the features that were supposed to be in the game a year after that. So it wasn't close. It wasn't remotely Can't even close. argue with you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, how do you not realize that? But anyway, we've harped on that enough in the past. So Yeah. Um, well, thank you for that. Um, so I want to jump over to uh, GDC. So uh, I've got a lot of games, kind of game announcements from this week that have come out due, due to GDC and PAX, which we'll touch on. But Travis, I wanted to throw it over to you just to hear from you around GDC itself. Any thoughts? Um, you know, I, as someone who's kind of loved the gaming industry, not just video games, but the industry and kind of the tech behind it since I was a kid, uh, GDC I always love because you get so many kind of cool, not just stories, but you get so much cool information about how games are made, engine developments, uh, you know, insight into the process. And I think that uh, I just love GDC for that. I've been watching stuff all week. I was watching the new NVIDIA uh, presentation on path tracing that's coming to Cyberpunk and what that is and why it's called full ray tracing. You know, just learning all these things and the ins and outs of it is great. So I know yeah. you got to uh, be part of GDC this week. Kind of covered yeah. a little bit. Um, how'd that go? What are your thoughts? Anything kind of jump out to you? Yeah. So first, for those who don't know what GDC is, um, GDC is the Game Developer Conference. And it is. Thank you for that, Travis. I keep forgetting that uh, some yeah, people yeah, watching may not be as clued in as, okay. as I am speaking. Yeah. So thank um, you. So where, whereas um, other trade shows are like PAX, for example, which is going on for the uh, at the exact same time, PAX stands for something, but it doesn't matter. Um, uh, but basically, those any uh, arcade has entered the chat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, the conference matters. I'm saying what it stands for doesn't matter. It doesn't doesn't help you understand. It's literally what it is. Penny Arcade Exposition. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, but yeah, exactly. It doesn't help explain what it is. So my point is um, th those sorts of uh, conferences are sort of for the fans and they're fan facing and they have booths and people kind of come and check out the game. And it's a way for developers to interact with their community. Um, game developer conference and previously E3 uh, before it started to have a public facing um, branch are, are uh, showcases more for the actual developers themselves. And so game developer conference is my favorite uh, uh, because um, it's game developers interacting with each other and showing off their tech. And it's sort of a showcasing of how the industry is evolving and how our tools are getting better and how we're able to do more with uh, this this medium and uh, it, it's super exciting stuff and so the show floor is less um, you know here's here's my game and here's a demo and it's more like tech and uh, sharing secrets and uh, tips and uh, oh yeah Tiny also back yeah and then also my kind of, stuff um, is like here is how we got water to ripple on waves yeah and it's, it's amazing. 45 minutes long yeah yeah, and it's game developers giving TED Talks about stuff that they mm -hmm. excel at as well. And then other developers going like, all right, I got to see that. We got the guy from, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 talking about, you know, open world, you know, skyboxes and stuff like that. So it, when it was just last like really year, wasn't it at GDC where I was telling you I was watching 
your friend the weird west gdc weird talk west. On yes how, yeah yeah how to handle interactive dialogue in a mission which was just eye-opening right the things that yep. you don't think about if you're not actually making the games yeah it's beautiful um so yeah and then and then also um we you know the developers get to hang out which is cool so like i went to like a you know ubisoft party afterward and got to see people from all over the industry and different developers and lots of ubisoft employees i haven't seen in a while so it was cool to um also just connect with people irl and hang out in downtown sf and you know, my favorite place with my favorite people favorite industry uh, really cool stuff. And then also people kept inviting me to their hotel rooms to uh, show me demos oh. of stuff. Yeah, this is not a... Were any of them the a, Cosby suite, Travis? Yeah, demos. yeah, it was the Cosby suite. Yeah, it was, I had a 3, 3 a.m. with a Weinstein Gaming. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, really good demo there. Um, no, no. So, the, the, the hotel room uh, the hotel room meetings are basically uh, a way for uh, game developers who are at GDC to show their stuff to journalists because a lot of the journalistic outlets like GameSpot and IGN are, are uh, SF headquartered. Um, and so uh, you go to their hotel room and they'll have like a version of their game up and running and they'll just be like, hey, we want to show you this. And then some will let you write about it or even capture gameplay. And so I did um, I did that. I went to I, people showed me demos and I got to capture some of it. And so you can see some of my footage uh, and and uh, game previews for this uh, already, um, because a lot of them were like, hey, you can publish this whenever. So I published it like as soon as possible. Um, one of those games uh, is uh, I wanted to bring up because it's one of Hogue's favorite developers, um, Toys for Bob. Uh, Toys for like Bob. Them? Yeah. Uh, Toys for Bob showed me their upcoming uh, Crash Bandicoot game. Um, called Tra Crash Team Rumble, and it is a yes. four, yeah, it's a four v four multiplayer um, kind of party game. It kind of reminds me of like a Mario Kart or a um, uh, Smash Bros type of experience. Um, it's very silly and over the top. You can see my preview on IGN.com or YouTube. And um, yeah, just I got to go and see stuff like that and some of uh, the stuff I'm still waiting to talk about. But um, uh, it was a super cool week. Um, and it was also kind of the first major trade show post COVID because the games industry has been very slow to come back in in-person events, uh, after COVID. And this was the first time where I was like seeing people I hadn't seen in super long. And I was like, wow, look how COVID changed you. You got a new haircut. You got fat. Like, look at all these people. It's great. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good time. Good time was had by all. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I uh, I haven't had the pleasure of going to GDC in person. I uh, hope to one year. Um, you should. Especially then, I great, can, then I could revisit San Fran, hang out with you. Yeah. yeah. So I'll have to me. do that for sure. You got a guest room if you need it. No. Yeah. Save on that hotel yeah. fare. I'm not demoing anything at 3 a.m. I'll tell you that much. You say that, but uh, GDC has a way of seducing you. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> wow well that's awesome um we got uh so between gdc and pax there were a lot of things kind of shown this week a lot of it is kind of tech related so i, I don't want to call out all of those you can kind of find them but uh some updates on new games we can talk through which is uh well first like i told you i wanted to mention romancevania because it was kind of hilarious that i started seeing posts about this after we talked about it last week so um for those who may have missed this last week, quick give the quick spiel of this game again, Travis. Romancevania. 
All right. So Romancevania is a Castlevania type game um, where you are you play Dracula and you've been uh, forcibly put into a dating game show and all of your powers have been taken away. So like every Castlevania game, you have to go through levels and uh, get your powers back and then getting certain abilities gives you access to other areas of the castle. It is straight up a Castlevania game. But interspersed in that are dating mechanics because you are in a dating show. And so you meet different characters, you build social links with them, and then you have to choose which characters you want to vote off of the show. And then you steadily uh, get closer to choosing your one true uh, bachelor or bachelorette because you can be a female or male Dra Dracula. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the game. It's a super unique idea. And uh, I learned about this because... Uh, my fiance is obsessed with dating sims and she played this game and uh to completion and i wrote i think i was working on the destiny review at that time so i wrote a review behind her while she played it and i just sort of absorbed this game through osmosis uh and it was uh hilarious so i decided to bring it up apropos of nothing last week uh and then i told ains that he should play it because i dislike <laughs> him greatly and i want to see him suffer and um now he you have an update what's i i have not played it i have not no uh between um re4 launching and diablo having its final beta this weekend i haven't i will i'll make a pledge right here right now that i will download this game and play it before next week's show i don't know why i'm saying that out loud but you're an I idiot <laughs> <laughs> so i will i will at least try it uh no, before next week's show. i mean when you go through and you're, you're trolling through the xbox and the playstation libraries you see a lot of this kind of stuff Romancevania looks high quality, so I, I think yeah. it'll be fine, Ains. Be better okay. than I expected. The the Castlevania part of it is certainly not on par with like you know a good Metroid game, um, but it's good enough. And then the uh, dating sim part of it is really high quality. Like they really worked on it. It's fully voice acted, which is pretty rare in dating sims. Um, Haven't you ever wondered what Dracula and Cthulhu would look like together, Ains? See, <laughs> see, Ho gets it. Hogue and I are a lot of, somehow medallists on this issue. Yeah. Well, okay. like uh, the, the mummy's artistic direction is a bit much for me. I know that from the trailer, but yeah, it's I a little BDSM. She's wrapped in, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, mummy stuff dangling from the ceiling. Funny enough, uh, Tal, Tal says uh, I should stream it for charity. So I do stream on occasion. Uh, I, with the new setup here, that would kind of kind of be perfect. So I'll check it out on Steam. Maybe I'll do oh, a stream yeah. of Some, it this somebody week. Somebody brought up the pumpkin lady. There's a witch who has a pumpkin head and then also two huge pumpkin titties. So. That is um, oh, not yeah. exactly how I would have said it, but yes. <laughs> yeah. If you ever just if you just ever wanted to bang like a pumpkin patch, um, this is the game for you. You know. All right, downloading also, now. Fun fun fact: pumpkin patch is my safe word. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Things we didn't need to know on season. <laughs> so as soon as I show up for that guest room, I'm gonna say pumpkin patch. Pumpkin patch. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all yeah. activated. Things will go back into the wall, and it's all good. That, yeah, uh, I know what is that, going that, on in here. That fact what definitely came in handy at my 3 a.m. hotel room appointment. So good, time. <laughs> good times. Brought it oh circle. my goodness! <laughs> all right, I I'll take a look this week. Maybe I'll even stream it just for the hell of it to have some laughs. So stay tuned for that. I'll, I'll it does. Post it looks like it. a decent quality. It's not like a complete junk game. Oh. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's see here. So, Hogue, I know you said you're gonna you're gonna be hopping out here shortly. So, why don't we do this uh, last round of super chats because there uh, there is another question on the uh, CMA piece too before we sure. get through the rest of the games that I want to talk to. So, let's go ahead and knock these out. Yeah, ah, Sandra Ramirez, the two dollars super chat. So happy to see you live, Hogue. Smiley face. Oops. Oh, that's there a smiley go. emoticon. I'm not sure if I'm reading emoticons as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, smiley. You got it. Right you now. got it. Thank you, got you Sandra. It. Midnight oh. Dreary always with the support with the $3 super sticker. So thank you, Dreary. Nice. Appreciate you. And then uh, Asante oh. in the house, good friend over at the Gaming Circle podcast, uh, has a question for you to add on to Mr. Badbit's question. Yes. If Sony doesn't sign any contracts before the deal closes, what does that mean for them and what they get on their platform? Okay, so legally, it means that they would not be guaranteed to have Call of Duty on their platform, right? Because these are 10-year guarantees for access to the, to the platform. But realistically, politically, to the extent that the CMA and the EC and the FTC sign off on the deal on the notion that everything's going to be hunky-dory and there's not going to be a foreclosure of Call of Duty, Xbox is unlikely to wind that back just because they might have legal documentary space. So Sony's also playing that game at the same time, right? Microsoft is unlikely to just do the exact opposite of what the, they're telling these regulators they have the incentive to do on moment one. And so chances are the world proceeds apace with respect to playing Call of Duty on your platform of choice. That would be my best guess. There you go. Thank you, Hogue. Sante, hope you're doing well, brother. Thank you for the super chat. Bam. Katie Cotton, $10 super chat. Does anyone know if there are more D4 connects or disconnects, disconnects. Sorry, on, yeah, on PS4 or PC? I disconnect almost every time I take a, is a TP on PS4? What is a TP? Toilet paper? Uh, yeah. yeah, every time I take a toilet paper. Yes. Take a poop. Okay, that's all yeah. I know. Very specific way of playing Diablo. Yeah. Very, very <laughs> is it worth is it? switching to PC or waiting to release? So um, I've, um, I played last week on PC and I played this weekend on Xbox. Uh, and I, it's weird. Like I have had zero disconnects this weekend. Uh, I only had one last weekend. So uh, platform doesn't seem to matter. I, the friends I'm playing with, I've had some friends who have gotten disconnected several times. And then I have other friends like me who haven't gotten disconnected at all. So I've had zero issues. I'm on Xbox though. Okay. So uh, yeah, I've I've, had I, I haven't had spot. issues on either. Um, but Travis, I, I've, had, you, I've had more more disconnects on PC. Um, Xbox has this thing where if you leave it idle, it will stay in game without booting you for an ungodly amount of time. And that is not true on PC or PlayStation. So if you're the type of person who leaves it idle for whatever reason, I think it's just a software thing like Xbox just leaves the game in a standing state. So you will get kicked out, in my experience, way more often on PlayStation. Um, and a little bit more on PC, I, I think. But yeah, I've played it on all the platforms at this point. So, um, and it's got. What happens when you fall asleep, Travis? Uh, I do. I have not been falling asleep in Diablo Four. Actually, this game is really, really. Uh, uh, That's funny. I've fallen asleep playing Diablo Four, and I thought of you. So I guess I'm wrong. That's funny. So yeah, uh, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that I'm in work mode when I'm doing this, since I'm on the review. But uh, yeah, the the game the gameplay is a lot more engaging than I would say Diablo Three was for me. Um, but yeah, but you're right about the uh, idol because I, I stood in town and I had to run out and I had to run an errand, came back like an hour later and I was still standing there on Xbox. Yeah. 
Yeah, we uh, entered the queue on Friday night and then watched the latest Picard and then came back and it was ready on the front screen. So it wasn't even Love checking it. to see if we were like pushing yeah. buttons. Oh. It, it, it does kick you eventually, but I think it's like two hours on Xbox and on PlayStation it has to be a like long 15 time. minutes. And PlayStation, yeah. for whatever reason, they just like, nah, get out of here. And I think that's a platform <laughs> choice. Uh, Katie Cotton said TP, by the way, is Town Portal. I don't know where we went yeah, to toilet sense. paper. You know, it makes, makes more sense. sense. Town yeah. Portal, sure. Katie, hope, portal, hopefully that it still means the same thing, right? Like time portals, the toilet, yeah. <laughs> or the Diablo it, toilet. Are you going to the toilet in the two seconds it takes to do a Tom portal now? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on from that piece. Nicholas. Uh, yes. A lawyer always tells a truth. A. All I'm saying is in a litigation setting, there are reasons to say things that maybe don't exactly line up with the truth value of the matter asserted truth value interesting worldview there um i will say this nicholas uh that's not always true some lawyers lie (laughs) (laughs) nicholas thank you for the uh super chat uh big shout out to marianne williams who also uh super chat 20 dollars over on the season gaming channel so she did 20 dollars on both channels that's very generous thank you thank you marianne thank you very much appreciate that and there you go. Williams. And Hargate yeah. Chani with the $5 Super Chat. Yeah, great to see you live again, Hogue. Uh, great week for gaming. Redfall previews, Resident Evil 4, Diablo, Beta, GDC, PAX East, and oh yeah, that CMA thing. You're not kidding, man. We're having yeah. fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty great right now. Can't argue with that for sure. Thank you, Hargate. And Mr. Pompa in the house. Yeah, Pompa. Romaine Sylvania, you say? Yeah, my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Jack o' lantern with two big melons. I was gonna say that's <laughs> pumpkin melons. I got that one. Yeah, melons. Melons. A better word than what you used previously. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's more funny. Uh, I, so I'll just say this, guys: if you think I was being crass, Google it. Google yeah, Romancelania pumpkin character i'm gonna play i'm gonna do it on stream i'm gonna do it live yeah yeah so ains you you save yourself (laughs) for marriage but everyone else google it and you will see that i was not being crass at all i was simply being descriptive that is that is it like i was describing you're both right okay (laughs) i changed my twitter handle i think (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you everyone appreciate it hoag do you want uh yeah i think i will pop away now and uh as i mentioned i did put up a video yesterday about the cma because this is a big deal on the road to microsoft and activision so do check out that video i'm actually re-rendering it right now to upload it with a higher volume because i tried to get rid of a buzz and i was too aggressive as i want to do and so people got mad at the volume level it was super low yeah but it was super low i agree and so i'm re-rendering it with a higher gain right now behind the scenes so I will be re-uploading it soon. Check that out. And then I am also planning on doing a video on my stroke and rehab or multiple videos in a series that I've asked for questions in the community post there. If you have any questions that you think I can answer, let me know and I will try to add it to the list and help organize what that video will ultimately wind up being sometime in the next month. It's awesome. Nice. It's awesome. Thank man. you guys well, for having me. Always. Sorry for not liking Resident Evil 4 as much as the rest of the video gaming. <laughs> i'm glad you picked up on the travis bait today man good to see you live as always and uh i hear you know. it when, when travis is doing that kind of thing i hear it 
Good. And then I come over to BitCast and there he is. There's the, the hoax summoning circle works. And, you know, I, I said this last week when you weren't here, but, uh, you know, the gloves are off again. You got your grace period. You got one episode where I wasn't, <laughs> where I wasn't super aggressive and that was it. You got one episode. Now, now I hate you again. So that's a okay. Back. Yeah. Love it. All right, gentlemen. All right. We'll be in touch, Here's sir. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You know, we got to go to the gold frame. Come on. Oh, for God's sake. To. Yeah. No, I think after that appearance, he deserves it. So let's. <laughs> Fair wow. enough. So, uh, so a lot of game news. Uh, I just wanted to touch on kind of each of these. So now that we're past Romansylvania. Um, so we got right. this week, we did get the story trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor uh, coming April 28th, which is only a month away now, uh, which means, you know, review period probably god less than three weeks out travis probably two weeks right? probably two weeks out yeah yeah I guess. so um uh, it's funny dan as i was looking through kind of this this news that came out this week about games it seemed to be a lot up your alley including this one uh yeah. so i know you're probably pumped about this one i my only problems with the first one with uh jedi uh what is it fallen order I mean, all of us hated the map. It's the worst map ever created in worst. video games, I think. But um, my big thing coming, especially as a Souls player, was the level design. I didn't like the kind of small, closed-off levels that were kind of confusing. They they just weren't really well-designed. Um, from what I can see so far in the videos of uh, Jedi Survivor, it definitely looks bigger, broader, and giving the player more uh, traversal kind of skills. So I'm hoping that that's feedback they've taken to heart. If... Uh, if they kind of keep the core mechanics of the first one, open up the world a bit, let you explore a bit more, increase the uh, kind of variety of the combat, this is going to be a monster game, guys. A monster. Hell yes. Hell yes. Good Star Wars games. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah. It's I been mean, since the last one, basically. Probably since the last one. Right? Not Star Wars Lego squadrons Marvel. didn't do great. Yeah, Lego Star Wars. Lego oh. Star Wars. Oh, <gasps> Travis is Travis about to get you. Yeah. Um, then we got the announcement uh, from 2K and Lego about 2K Drive, Lego 2K Drive, which is uh, coming out May 19th and looks to be essentially like a fully featured game that was the Lego expansion for Forza Horizon 4. Um, the early previews have said it's like a mix of burnt, open world burnout and Mario Kart. Uh, so take that as you will. It looks like just kind of this open world Lego racing game that uh, you can build, you can create, you can make boats, vehicles, what have you. And I guess have fun in your Lego racing world. Yeah, I like Mario Kart. I like Burnout. I hate Lego. Uh, so Who hates Lego? Me. I'm not a huge fan of Lego, man. I just, I you mean, they like games. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever in my life heard someone say I hate Lego. I mean, I just don't. I don't care for it. I guess it could be a nicer way of saying it. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's Lego. He, he stepped on a Lego brick once, uh, ten years ago. Oh, and it, he's it, never it, let it go. Put, put, put him in the hospital for three weeks. He's never forgiven them. Listen, I mean, <laughs> what, maybe maybe when I was younger, it was fine. You know, I had Legos. You were young. Yeah, one time. Oh, yeah. Back when we hunted with spears and rocks, you, know. <laughs> you look like that. You look like the the original man, the first yeah. one to stand on its hind legs. Thanks. His favorite far cry is that. primal. Yeah, is that real? <laughs> no, that would make sense. 
Come on. That would make sense. <laughs> you know what I had to deal with though? Just like makes you feel nostalgic. I was, yeah. yeah, I was just playing Far Cry Five right before this because they just released like a 60 FPS update. They did. Like, yeah. Oh man, yeah. So, Far Cry okay, Six so is now, better. Now I know why Dan hates Lego. It's because his pet Dodo choked on one and died, and now yes. it was the last one. Linked. Was the no, last one. Toto. <laughs> All right. So that's let's see. That's May nineteenth. Then uh, the game that's seemingly been in development forever, uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum. We got a story trailer for this week. It comes out a week later on May twenty fifth. Um, that game has Travis review written all <laughs> over it. <He's laughs> written all over it. Let me tell you. Let that would be right everything. before Diablo as well. Like a, a week yeah. before Diablo. Well, what, 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 when does it come out? Because I would get the code. It's like May 25th. So you figure Diablo probably be mid May, third week of May for reviews. So yeah, you're, it's right in that timeline. I'm requesting it right now. <laughs> well, the, the thing I want to ask you guys, you, you might not have had a chance to see it or didn't see it, but the trailer they released uh, this week was a two minute story trailer. And I watched it and it, it kind it looks like they're taking Gollum. They're trying to make this where Gollum is more, I won't say down to earth, but where you feel more emotionally attached to Gollum and, and his journey. And it, it definitely looks like it has some story beats uh, that are aiming to be more, um, uh, I don't know the word, deep or realistic than you would than I was expecting from the game. So I don't know where this is one is going to land. It's coming out at the worst possible time. Uh, in between major major releases, does this game stand a chance at all? I mean, it's Who Lord of the Rings, so you can't really? you can't downplay the IP strength. But no, still, because it's not the Lord of the Rings, it's it's well, one it's one me. stupid character that you know nobody really cares about. He he was you know he served his purpose. I don't care about his backstory. When they showed it in the movie, where he like backstory is really interesting. Dope, actually, don't care, don't care. It was yeah. his birthday, Dan. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't matter. It's this is gonna fall flat on its face. It's 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 been in developer for what like twenty two years. So it, it's 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 I don't know. You, be smarter. Make another. You know what? WB or whoever's doing this thing is it WB's doing this? Is that the it same? It is. I forget who's developing actually. Who's publishing it. I mean, I was just assumed so because it would have to be WB. They did the other Lord of the Rings games, didn't they? Yeah, I think WB's publishing. I forget who the dev is. Yeah, I don't know, but they got the Nemesis system. And two fantastic games that you know. The in, Nemesis in, system. I love the Nemesis trademark. system. Yeah, it's yeah, a. Uh, it was they, fantastic. They copyrighted it. Yeah, but now we get a, a, a story. Maybe it's a stealth game, that you know. Um, oh, man. By the way, this is being published not by them. It's Datalik Entertainment uh, and Nacon. So Nacon, oh. uh, you know, who has gotten into the publishing realm, they're publishing like RoboCop and stuff. Uh, Datalik Entertainment uh, Group is developing. I can care less, to be honest. I mean, I, that's it's one of those like out of everything that's coming out, this is the one that I'm like, yeah, hard pass. You know, well, that's By why way, like Andy Circus is not doing Gollum's voice on this game. That's even worse. You you just like knocked it down another peg. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Maybe they'll get but the guy really from the original. Maybe maybe they'll get the guy from the original Hobbit cartoon. Remember no. that one? No. The guy, the guy who's like, if you've, if you've never seen this, do yourself a favor, watch the Hobbit cartoon, because that is the original version of Gollum. So Andy Circus, he really went on a limb because here's here's uh, the cartoons Gollum. You want the precious? 
You need, you need the precious. I'm not joking. That's what he sounds like. That's what he sounds like in the cartoon. That was the OG Gollum. And so in my head, when they were making the Lord of the Rings movie, I was like, is Gollum just going to be some like weird Nordic, like weirdo? And in any circus, you know, I he, know. he, he, he chose a direction. And now everyone assumes that that's what Gollum has. That's what been Gollum like. is remembered as. Yeah, it's exactly. But he wasn't the original. It is good. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, well, those he movies are precious. legendary, but yeah, it's funny. Elu says in the he chat, it's a good analogy. <laughs> he says, remember that friend spinoff show, Joey? No, it's because it's taking one character, you know, out from an established group and making a successful entity based solely on that one character is quite rare. It's a good shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the 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 least, I wouldn't say least important, but lesser important character in that, uh, to Dan's point, I think, is Gollum is not really why you remember the Lord of the Rings movies. No. So nope. all right. Well, That's, it is for some people. Some people really like that character. Well, they'll enjoy the game then. Good for them. Yeah. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they will. But I will tell you this. I'm going to I'm going to request to review that game. I have to know. Uh, May 25th. So Godspeed to you, sir. Um, we got a updated uh, trailer for Final Fantasy 16, looking at the world of Valisteia, I believe that's pronounced. Uh, some really incredible uh, settings and graphics shown off here. So I this game continues to confound me. Um, it's coming out June 22nd was the release date. I, I What game is this? Final Fantasy 16. Oh. Um, I thought it was originally at the end of May, so I don't know if this was announcing like a one-week delay or if my memory is just not serving me properly, but regardless, um, I can't tell where this is going to land for me. Obviously, Final Fantasy, it's going to be a huge release, um, but for me personally, we'll have to see how it how it delivers. But the worlds, what it showed in this two-minute kind of world overview was gorgeous, really stunning. So, mm. yeah. One of the seemingly biggest announcements of the week you could argue the biggest announcement of the week uh is valve announcing <clears throat> counter-strike 2 um which is a direct upgrade to uh, csgo counter-strike global offensive which released in 2012 wow. uh, and continues to be one of the most played and most streamed games in the world and in fact after this announcement um uh gdc week uh, it broke its own record uh, of one and a half million concurrent players on Steam, which is just bonkers. If you know anything about you know concurrent player counts on Steam, it's it's nuts. Um, so this is a uh, I personally don't get it. Counter Strike does nothing for me. Um, I just it's that style of shooter, and it feels it looks and which feels very antiquated. Shooters. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very precise competitive shooter it's kind of what rainbow six siege attempted to model after a little bit in the sense of the the one shit one shit one shot one kill kind of uh peaking corners very precise with everything you do and there's a big audience for it um but if you whether or not you are interested in counter-strike i would highly recommend checking out the three videos valve released around how they're advancing the technology of the game there's some really really impressive stuff here including networking and how they're they're dealing with online play which is really the, cool. the the bullets through the smoke thing was was pretty cool. That very was, cool. That was very awesome. I mean, other than that, there's no chance in hell I ever touch this game. So, but my <laughs> son likes it. My son's he, he's a I want to say like a he likes playing that when he's not playing Destiny. 
So okay, but he's not like a pro player by any. I means. love that both of you guys are cursed with children. Yes, who love Destiny. Yeah, and then yeah. and then you have to have me on the show talking yeah. about Destiny. Uh, our other child, the same thing that uh, your other child. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it. Was, he bought he bought the two character path things or whatever for twenty bucks. Oh, the old upgrades. Yeah, yeah, he's just like, no, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> wow. He, so he my stepson $40, loves $40 of your money. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. That's his money. <laughs> my uh, my stepson loves Destiny, and my son loves League of Legends. Neither game I could. Uh, I honestly couldn't care less about either of those games. You know what yeah. will make you care about League of Legends, or at least respect it more? Watch, and this is just a recommendation in general. Everybody should go watch the show called Players. Okay. It's great. It is a mockumentary from the makers of American Vandal that okay. follows a fictional uh, esports team that plays League of Legends. And I think you've mentioned the, this before. I think I mentioned it before on the show. Yeah. It is one of the funniest things. Everybody should watch this show. Super underrated. I think you can watch it on Amazon, but I think it's a Paramount Plus show. But everyone should watch okay. it. It's it's Players. it's it's so good. It's like ten episodes. It's really tight. It's great storytelling. The people that made American Vandal are some of my favorite creators because I just love the mockumentary style. It's so it's so fun. And if you you watch that with your son, like that would be the perfect way to bond with him over that because it's it's fantastic. It's very good. Whoever Michael uh, JM, it is extremely good. You should watch it. Okay. All it's right. Good recommendation. Yeah. Uh, the other funny thing that happened this week was Tony Todd who is a famous actor. Uh, he, if you don't know who Tony Todd is, uh, he played the original Candyman. Um, he, he obviously uh, wasn't kind of either thinking or, you know, just kind of, I don't even know what, what was going on in his head, but he posted this week that uh, responding to just a simple fan comment on Twitter, uh, he responded and said that, uh, yes, uh, Insomniac and Sony have told him that the big PR push for Spider-Man 2 begins in August and the game is uh, planning a September release, which he obviously didn't realize that none of that information is public at this point in time. Uh, and he quickly walked it back, made a joke out of it. Um, but apparently he is playing Venom in or voicing Venom in spider-man 2 and uh yeah so now we know there's been a lot of speculation around when spider-man 2 was supposed to release it seems like the plan is september which would mean of course that september will bring both spider-man 2 and starfield yeah i said that last week so we were talking you did say that last week and i said i said november i thought no way in hell spider-man 2 releases that early but they don't care about starfield because they know that ip is going to crush whatever no i meant development no, I'm like talking, I thought oh, they would oh, take no, as long. No. Yeah. Well, it's a sequel. Insomniac. Development cycle on sequels are pretty tight. Yeah. So plus Insomniac, they're just magicians with basically whatever they touch. You know, I mean, out of, of several, you know, of all games I play, I mean, they're they're one of the my favorite developers just because they seem to kill it every time. You know, with Ratchet and Clank, without Last Spider Man, even Infamous. You know, it's just, it's just they're just good. Inf- calm down on infamous it, i mean it's it's even, okay it sunset overdrive you know you love that game I there you go yeah great it, game you know, it's fine but they're, they're, they're really good sucker punch though but, you know, sucker punch was infamous i'm sorry yeah 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 you uh, meant resistance which is great resistance right yeah i mean they're they're just really good so i mean it's really watching good. it resistance are good games man i still want resistance back part part of what i dislike about insomniac now is because of the success of spider-man uh 
you they're know, I don't feel like we're going to get a resistance anytime soon again. Well, they're, they're just um, becoming Marvel guys, right? Like they're also making Wolverine. And, yeah. yeah. And it's because of people like Dan, you know what I mean? Killing yeah. our original I mean, hey, game. I like, I like those games too. I like yeah. those games too. They're fun. Yeah. Spider-Man's fine. It's all right. I, I really don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the few who doesn't care when it releases because I'm not, I don't even it. care to play it. Oh, you're not going to play it. Wow. No, Spider-Man 2. I'll play it eventually, but I'm not mm -hmm. hyped for it. I don't care about the game, really. I like Spider-Man. He speaks to me. Something about a nerdy guy who yeah. has always come up short in life. Suddenly, <laughs> being able to, suddenly being able to take power into his own hands and help the people he cares about. Something about that just speaks to me. He's the everyday Spider-Man guy, right? He's, hmm? he's the everyman is what he is. He's the every nerd. I I, I honestly think that's why I probably don't like Spider-Man as much. I liked him as a kid. Uh, I watched the the classic cartoon all the time. Um, but the fact that they're like it's not dark enough for me. I like the darker stuff. I'd much rather have a Punisher game. Family murdered. I would love that too. And go start killing criminals. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> revenge. <laughs> that's what yeah, I need. I'm, the, you know, I'm, I'm like the opposite. Like I, I I don't I'm not like everybody loves Batman, right? I'm like I don't understand. I mean I like the games and stuff. I just never understood really the fascination with the character. I mean, really? there's 18 different versions of him. It always seems like. So I'm not sure which one is the real one. But you know, growing Batman, up, I, was, I mean, he's rich dude. Parents murdered, becomes a yeah. vigilante. There's some pretty yeah. consistent stuff. Unless he's you're a rich talking about Punisher, Beyond is what he is. That's it. You know, well, he's Punisher murders people. Batman doesn't. So. This is why Punisher is superior. Yeah. My God. So, yeah, let's all come out for murder here on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Pumpkin patch, pumpkin, pumpkin patch, pumpkin patch. <laughs> get me off the show, pumpkin patch. But I, I like Wolverine too, so I'm, I am very curious. I'm much more excited to see what um, Insomniac does with Wolverine than Spider Man yeah. 2. Well, hopefully, they do him justice because he deserves it. Since yeah, he's never really had a decent one, a decent game out yet, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, there, there, if, if, if for some reason in the same day Spider-Man 2 launches with Starfield, I mean, for me, there's no question where I'll be playing because I feel like even at the worst, you know, the worst thing, yeah, it, Starfield will be better in about two or three months regardless. Um, so not that I'll put that much time into Spider-Man, which I might, I don't know, it could, could happen. What don't say? don't say such stupid things. You're gonna make Probably. that 15 hour game like a 600 hour game. You Probably. Know you Here's yep. what I want from Spider-Man 2: no Mary Jane missions or missions where I have to play as somebody else and sneak around. Stuff that's the dumbest. No variety. Dan says no variety. No, <laughs> I don't need it. I got Miles. I got I got Peter. That's all I need. I'm good. We'll be good to go. We don't need anybody else. You've got Miles. And those Peter. are terrible. Terrible levels in those games. Literally making me fall asleep. The worst. Just don't care. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good though, because that means you'll be playing Spider-Man. I'll be playing Starfield, and yeah. we can talk about both of them. Travis will probably be playing both. both. It works. Yeah. We'll play both. Yep. I'll go. Play, play everything. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. play everything, including Gollum, probably. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, the other one, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention is, uh, which was reported by Polygon, is that a game on The Last Ronin is in development. Uh, the Last Ronin uh, was published in 2020 as a five-issue miniseries comic. Takes place in a futuristic New York where three of the four Ninja Turtles have been killed. The surviving turtle, 
whose identity whose identity is revealed at the end of the comic series so obviously we won't spoil it uh dons a black mask and seeks revenge by fighting crime using both his weapons and fallen brothers and the game is supposedly inspired in design by god the the modern god of war um so we'll I see obviously if this, it is and don't say it um of course not but uh yeah this this i could get into uh, i like the idea and concept of this of course apparently it's uh early in development and if you're talking about making a big budget game in the vein of god of war uh we'll see you in five years and uh, i hope it goes well best of luck yeah so this comic series is a super weird departure from teenage mutant ninja turtles but it's also really good i've read it um i am interested to see if they can make it a good video game Hmm. sounds intriguing yeah i wasn't aware of it until this news came out but uh it is also my favorite turtle big mad so no, oh, don't say that because then we're gonna we talk about turtles a lot, and now you're gonna mention that. And there's probably a big cast where we were talking about like Shredder's nah, Revenge, and you mentioned your mentioned favorite it. turtle. I've never mentioned my favorite turtle, guaranteed. Because you would judge me. Yeah. I would judge you. That means it's Raphael. <sighs> you just spoiled it because nobody has Raphael nope. as their favorite. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it is. <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes that one. Travis loves it. <laughs> it's gotta be that's the hipster take right dad like is he's gonna be I'm a raphael gonna, guy yeah i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna reveal <laughs> one way or another <laughs> oh man ruined that? it ruined it although chris mullen in the chat just said my favorite is raphael we found your your only partner in crime yeah i never so. said raphael's my favorite i'm not revealing we just know yeah. you don't need to you said you said it enough okay. sir yeah. okay Yep. Wouldn't wouldn't you guys assume Donatello was my favorite because he's a nerd? No, no, because no, Donatello is a lot of people's favorite because that's more of a cool choice. Because to be machines. hipster, you have to go against the grain. So, you well, so what's Raph your now. problem with Raph? I have no problem with Raph. No. It's just I'd never you, hear you people just got saying done he's dumping favorite. on him forever. I, I mean, no, nothing. No, nobody. Look at nobody that, Jason. And who uses size? I mean, come on, it's the worst. <laughs> Yes, the series is good. You should definitely read it. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. All right. So I think that'll go ahead and wrap us up for today, boys. Uh, it's been a fun show. Uh, by the way, our poll over on the Season Gaming channel, uh, 76 votes, which is better, Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 4? It looks like Resident Evil 2 with a slight victory, 57% of the vote compared to 43% for Resident Evil 4. So it's very close but thank you for voting um guys it's been awesome chat as always love uh simulcasting on both channels over here um i will uh of course shout out if you uh, are visiting us from hoax channel hopefully you enjoy yourself thank you for supporting his channel why uh you know luckily enough he was able to hang out with us for about half the show today um but thank you as always and just thank yous all around if you do uh have a moment your support just to click on uh, the season gaming side and give us some support over there would be greatly appreciated as well. And to all our audio listeners, we hope you, the kind of more streamlined experience uh, is better for you. And the mics were better this week as well. So uh, keep us posted on that. But uh, from season gaming side, I want to shout out um, someone that uh, we met from the, uh, from hoax channel, Sardinisms, who is a regular uh, over there in his videos and chat uh, she has done a couple guest pieces for Season Gaming Now. She put up her most recent guest piece, oh, wow. Travis, which I think you uh, may be interested in because it relates to live service delivery in terms of story content and 
how they incentivize playing specific aspects of live service content. Uh, she used Genshin Impact as her example, but she speaks to uh, a few of that, so you might you may like that. That's up on the site. And then, of course, uh, as Travis and I already said, uh, my article on Diablo 4, my thoughts in comparison to uh, the prior Diablos and what it means today uh, is up on the site. You can check that out as well. So thank you very much. Uh, Travis, go ahead and shout it out, man. Yeah, uh, you can also read my uh, Diablo 4 review and progress beta impressions uh, on IGN.com, or you can watch the YouTube video wherein I um, accidentally called uh, Lilith the Lord of Hatred instead of the Daughter of Hatred, and people have never let me live that down. Uh, that's Mephisto. Um, Do you know anything? About I know Mephisto is the Lord of Hatred. <laughs> I I wrote it right in my written version. In the in the audio version, I just I slipped up on as, the VO and everything. As long as you didn't mention pumpkins while talking about it, you're probably fine. I didn't talk about pumpkins. No. Um, okay. So yeah, I, uh, you can watch the video on YouTube, and then this week I'm going to be coming out with a separate article or maybe updating the original article and then a separate video to talk about the second weekend open beta. And then that'll probably be the last time you hear from me until I have the retail copy um, a couple weeks before um, embargo lifts before the game comes out. So um, I will likely be moving on and working on other reviews and then I'll circle back to Diablo when the time comes. But uh, yeah, you can, you can see that online. You can see my uh, GDC coverage, including the game I talked about on this show um, crash team rumble um and uh i've got other content coming out next week i can't talk about and um yeah it's been been a good run of lots of content on on uh from me oh yeah yeah and then the last thing i want to shout out remnant 2 ign first is ending this week uh th this past week we released uh nine minutes of gameplay including an entire boss fight um the mother mind and then next week my IGN first coverage is going to conclude on Wednesday, I believe, when I come out with my first hands-on preview. Actually, you know what? Wait, it's sweet. it's Monday. It's Monday. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, okay. So yeah, tomorrow tomorrow morning, I will be able to talk about eighty percent of the stuff I saw when I was at Gunfire Games's office, and so I'm sure we'll talk about it on this show. Um, that game is super cool, and uh, you can look in my Twitter or just on IGN homepage uh, tomorrow for my first preview um, of that game, um, which is an exclusive. I'm the only guy who's seen it in the media, which is cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Uh, by the way, uh, Big Man Mo uh, just put up a member chat on the season gaming side. Just a reminder that sadly the member chats do not come through the uh, StreamYard software, so I only see them if I happen to be looking at YouTube. Uh, he says, great show. Nice surprise from Hogue. Always good Ains. Uh, when's the next cinematic for Halo, sir? Uh, next cinematic for Halo will be uh, once you beat the Battle Pass, it'll be at the end of the next uh, fire, this firewall event. Uh, so whenever, the, whenever you complete that. Uh, Dan, will you like more than two games? <laughs> Trav, keep being Trav. So just a shout out to all of us, really. Great. I will not. It's a no. <laughs> thank you mo all right everyone thanks as always uh i say the same thing every week but uh just truly appreciate the support thanks for supporting both channels supporting all of us supporting hogan his recovery and hanging out with us it's always a good time so until next sunday and stay tuned keep an eye on my twitter i will pick a day i'll, I'll double down i'll pick a day this week sometime where i stream romancevania uh, hit me up i want to I want to watch part of that <laughs> or engage in some way.
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So I'll see you then. Uh, otherwise, everyone, Look have a good rest of the weekend. Have a good week. Peace.